What's up, everyone? Welcome to Spawncast episode seven. It is the seventh episode. We're we're actually we're actually sticking with it, apparently, guys. It's uh gotten past the three episode threshold where we usually quit on things. So we're doing we're doing good. Um I'm joined today, of course, with Evan over there at Kimrix. Evan, how are you doing? Yep, still around. <laughs> That's good, good to hear. Good to hear. Um uh, and then of course Philip, who is a, a commonplace now on this on this podcast. How are you doing, Philip? Good, good. What's going on, everyone? Great to be back for the what is it now? The fifth time? Did you guys do the first episode without me? I think you did. It was right? the first one, and then uh, yeah, then you joined for the second one, and from there, so this is your your sixth time, I guess, since we're on episode yes. seven. Um, but uh, yeah, because we had, I think Jesse was on the first one. Yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like a veteran, a seasoned veteran, Spawncast Spawncaster yeah. now. <laughs> so it's uh, it's it's going well there, and then of course we are joined here by uh, Calvin from Nintendo Ultra. Thank you for joining us. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. I am doing good, man. How, how, how's it going? Because I'm, I'm actually pretty, you know, uh, excited uh, for this podcast, actually. So. Yeah. Oh, good, good. I'm glad you're excited. <laughs> yeah. That's good. I, I guess it wouldn't be good if you showed up and you were annoyed to be here. So thank you for for joining us. <laughs> I actually actually was planning on uh, being in a shark suit today, but I was like, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, you're you're doing what? What was that? I was gonna be in a in a shark suit. I, I think if you uh, if you watch uh, one of uh, Player Essence's uh, podcasts, you would uh -huh. you'd have probably known about it. But uh, yeah. But yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. I would like that. Good. I think I would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah man. Shark suit, man. I'd yeah. be here in an octopus suit. Just what's up? How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> we should do that one. Uh, one episode. Just have like a, a random theme going, like for costumes or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we're good on that. Uh, let's see. There were there were a few things that happened this week, but I really wanted to, uh, I guess, quickly about what we played this week, so we can get into that. Um, Philip, I know you were all about Minecraft because I, I watched some of your stuff on that. So why don't you why don't you let us know a little bit about how Minecraft is on the Switch? Yeah, I've been crafting the mines once again. Um, not, I mean, I've I've dabbled a little bit into Minecraft, like when it first came out, and then uh, played it for a couple months, and then fell out of it. So this is really like my first time after years of like not really playing it. Um, but having it on the Switch, and and obviously like with the form factor, it's so cool. And obviously having it run at sixty frames per second, you know, at ten eighty p on the TV and seven twenty p undocked, it's 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 awesome. I think it's probably for me, the um, definitive like console edition of Minecraft, just because of the form factor. Like I know that the, uh, I mean, I mean, we'll probably talk about that stuff later. But yeah, I mean, that's 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 what I've been playing mostly. <laughs> nice. So Minecraft all the way then, huh? See, I, I looked at Minecraft yeah. and I wasn't sure if I was going to buy it because I've I. So here's the thing about me in Minecraft: I play it, and then I I start playing it for like an hour, and then I I just. I'm not sure what to do, so I stop playing. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> I have that problem with Minecraft. I if there there's a good South Park episode where they work that in, and the adults are just super confused by it. I feel like an adult when that <laughs> when that happens. So, uh, <laughs> it, it they just kind of lose track of what they're supposed to be doing. But um, that's that's good. I figured Minecraft would be good. It seems like I th still think uh, probably the best console version of it. I know it, the worlds are smaller, obviously, in the PS4 and Xbox One. But of course, the fact that it can go with you it, and it has split screen on the go it, it's it's a pretty cool feature. That's um, why I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. So let me jump over. Uh, uh, Calvin, what were you what were you playing this week, man? All right. So I was playing a whole bunch of games. Right, so first, first off, let me start with NBA Playgrounds. Now, first off, I'm not even like big on sports games, but I was raging on that game. All right. Now, I just want to put it out there. Okay. I know 
I know some people already know I was raging on that game, but you know, oh man, that, that game, that game had me so heated. Also, I was I've been playing uh Near Automata. Okay, I've been playing this as well. And uh, what else I've been playing? Oh, Persona. Oh, let me. Oh man, Persona Five. Now I wish, I wish this this was on the Switch, but you know it isn't. But you know it's it's okay. But I've been playing. Oh, also, also Mario Kart. Mario Kart has been making me rage as well. But that's pretty much what I've been been playing. But yeah. How is Nier? I haven't got, I haven't picked that up yet. Is it, is it good? I keep seeing it go on sale for like thirty nine dollars, I think now, and I keep mm-hmm. looking at it for the PS four or even I guess the PC. I just I haven't pulled the trigger on it. Yeah, it's it's really good. I think you should get it. It's yeah. definitely, pro- definitely like one of the like contenders of Game of the Year. So probably like Zelda, Persona, like those are like the the holy trinity of Game of the Years. You know. Did you play Nier on the PS three um, when it came out? Uh, no, actually, I actually didn't play that. No. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. It, it's it's considerably different than near Automata. It's it's actually very different. If you go back and look at it, it's um it's a little it's slower by a good bit, and it's more of like an action kind of adventure RPG. Um, but that's interesting. They took such a such a I guess a different take on that game when they moved over to that. Um, and let me uh, let me ask Evan, what were you what were you playing this week, Evan? Uh, this week I just went back to checking out another one of the games that kind of fell through, but I wanted to see where it's going now uh the warhammer 40k eternal crusade uh multiplayer game on pc the it's like massive battles and stuff i like the the universe it's in the genre i love tactical gameplay i got one of my friends into it so now it's kind of like us two against like armies at that point since everyone kind of runs around solo call of duty style thinking they can do work but when you do work as a group it's just so much more powerful in that game um there's still a lot of problems with it and i'm hoping it gets better so i'm just kind of working my way through that any any more black desert online only a little bit on the side i'm waiting for a friend of mine to catch up to me i, I keep looking at it because it's ten dollars uh, i just haven't <laughs> bought it yet but it, it, it looks i've been looking for another mo to get into like i said um but I, I i hope something like that is that does that work with a controller at all or is that strictly keyboard and mouse uh i think it works with a controller they said but probably don't want to use it i mean it depends okay. Okay. Yeah, because I was I was curious if it would eventually work its way to like a console, um, but that's uh, that's that might be down the road since they're still kind of working out the bugs in that game, aren't they? It's it's pretty new. So we'll uh, we'll see with that. So there was uh, there was a lot of stuff that happened this past week. Now we'll also get into a lot of your guys' questions because trust me, you sent a, you guys sent a lot of questions our way, um, and we'll go through all of those. But um, let me let me first jump in and talk about a couple different things here. The first thing we're going to talk about is this interesting thing going on at E3 coming up. More news keeps spilling out right about E3 and and some news spilled out around Microsoft. And a lot of people were saying that Microsoft obviously needs to show up at E3 with a big show. And 343 has now come out saying that Halo 6 will not be at E3. It's not gonna be shown, it's not even gonna be talked about. It's gonna miss E3 completely at this point. And instead, they're teasing something else. Now, if I take a guess, I would say they're either teasing Halo Wars 2 DLC for the story, or they're teasing possibly a Halo 3 anniversary edition where they, you know, they go back like they did with Halo 1 and 2 and re-up the visuals and everything, 1080p, all that good stuff. But I, I, I'm a little surprised to hear that there's no Halo 6. Let me, let me go over to uh, Philip on this one and, and ask you first, Philip. How do you, what do you think about that exactly? Um... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, 343, they're pretty much a dedicated Halo studio, right? I mean, they're called 343, right? So um, 
I guess that it, it, at first when I heard about this, when I heard that it wasn't going to be Halo 6, I, the, my first instinct was like, could it possibly be a new IP or maybe not a new IP, but just something new in the Halo universe that we haven't even seen before. But now that you mention um, Halo Wars 2 DLC, I think that definitely makes a lot of sense. And I, I totally agree with you. I, I think that that's probably what we'll end up seeing, especially since they just launched Halo Wars 2 like a couple months ago. Um, and obviously they don't, at least that we know of, have anything else to push right now. Um, but as far as what I'd love to see, I, I would love to see something new come from Halo. It's it's sad that we're not seeing Halo 6 itself. I'm a huge Halo fan. I had it day one on the original Xbox. I had the original Xbox day one. So for me, it started all the way back then. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, Halo 6 isn't going to be there. So I, I'd love to see something new. Yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, it's E3. That's where you showed the new stuff, right? So uh, yeah, show up with a bang. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think it'll be probably um, probably Halo 2 DLC. If I had to take a guess, uh, I would love to see a Halo 3 remastered. A lot of people don't know, but there is technically a PC version of Halo 3 in Russia right now that you can play online against other people. Uh, but <laughs> it, it, it just never made its way here. I'm not really sure why exactly. Um, Calvin, let me ask you: Are you are you a Halo fan? Is this? I, I, I know you have you do Sony and you do um, Nintendo because I have seen your streams where you're playing like Horizon and then yeah. Zelda. But um, do you do you do anything? Yeah, with I'm, I'm pretty I'm, I'm pretty big on Halo. Um, let me let me just say Halo Two is probably by far my favorite Halo game. Um, Halo Six, I mean. You know, it's E3, you know, you might as well just do it, you know, so, <laughs> you know, I'm not really too big on Halo Halo Wars, though, because I haven't really, you know, I haven't really played it, obviously, but, um, I mean, it, I mean, it is E3, it'd be nice to have, like, um, you know, a Halo 6, you know, because, I mean, I still don't have a, you know, Xbox One yet, you know, so, I mean, if I did get one, I'd definitely probably be like, oh, you know, the, was it the Halo Remaster and uh, Halo 5, I think, so, yeah, man, I'm trying to, you know, get as many um games on the xbox one but yeah that that's kind of the problem right now isn't it, it seems like yeah. the, the xbox one is getting less and less in terms of exclusives and it seems to be more about hardware now i don't know if you agree with that uh but there are some games we talked about it last time i do want to kind of uh i guess go back over the exclusives i did miss crackdown 3 for example philip and evan when we were talking last week crackdown 3 and then state of decay 2 are both coming to the xbox along with sea of thieves um, but those seem to be their big ones right now. And then, of course, Cuphead. Uh, those seem to be their big ones, all of which seem to be coming to the PC. Um, now, if they're going to do that, really, they might as well just push out as many as they can. Because, obviously, they have a lot of uh, Windows users they can sell to. Just just start pushing out IPs that are only for the Xbox and the PC, I guess, at that point. It's just it's just odd that Halo 6 is missing... Um, yeah, is is missing E three at this point. Evan, are you? Um, I know you're not. Uh, you played Halo with us a couple times, right? Yeah. When Jesse and I played. Yeah, but I'm terrible at any FPS on a console. I'm way better with the mouse and keyboard. And but would it be more interesting to you if it showed up on the computer with Halo Six? Uh, yeah, definitely. Okay, definitely. very good, very good. I, I wasn't sure if that was something that you would be. I mean, I mean, it's no, it's another shooter, right? And you can use a mouse and keyboard. Yeah, and it's got it'll it automatically comes with a big community. I mean, it's a major title. It, you don't just get a title out and then you maybe hopefully have like a thousand people playing it. Halo drops, and you're just going to expect to play with at least a hundred thousand more at any point in time online, which is always great. Sure. I mean, yeah, if they can get that out there, because Halo One on the PC was, believe it or not, one of my favorite games to play on the PC back. Well, this is a long time ago. This is back when I was in like 
man, beginning of high school, it was a long time ago when that came out on the PC. And it was uh, it was a good game on the PC. They had even clans and everything centered around the demo, and that's just how popular it was. Halo 2 comes out. It's locked to Windows Vista. You need Windows Vista pretty much to play Halo 2. You still do. You need the Windows Store. And uh, I think if they brought out Halo 3, even if they remastered it and put it on the PC as well, that might be a good kind of test for them to see how the PC, I guess, gamer would 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 pull in Halo 3, because keep in mind, you also wouldn't need to pay Xbox Live, hopefully, to play Halo 3 online on the computer. So I, I do, I would be very curious to see how the normal people who do things like, you know, Counter-Strike on the PC or or any of those games, if they would move over to Halo 3 and just try it out. So that might be a good way for them to try it and then maybe bring Halo 6 over. Um, that's that's just, those are just my thoughts on that one. Would, would you guys, I didn't even ask this, uh, Calvin, do you have a, a, a PC that you play games on at all? Yeah, I have, a, I have a Steam account on everything. Uh, oh, okay, cool. Not, no, nothing too, you know, crazy, but you know, I can play like a few indies here and there. But um, I, I do okay. I do game a little bit on PC. I was gonna say if like something like see, you said Halo Two was your favorite yeah. one. Halo Halo Three was actually my favorite one next to the first one because while I liked Halo Two, I really liked the camaraderie of of land play with Halo One, where we'd all have to put the Xboxes in our backpacks and walk down the streets to each other's houses. <laughs> and then Halo Two kind of killed that dream off for me, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> But uh, the online play was solid, and it introduced a lot, I think, to console games, obviously. But uh, Halo 3 is where I really liked Halo, and um, I would definitely buy it on the PC. I don't know if, if you guys would. Would you, Kevin, would you buy it on the PC if, if it came out? Would you yeah, look at I it? I think I would, yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm just curious. I, I don't know. I, I have to see if Evan, would you Would you get it, Evan? Price would be a big factor. It would be honestly okay, a big let's say it's Let's say it's 30 bucks. Maybe it depends on what they've added. No, it depends on what they've added. Like if they just give you the game that it already was, it's like uh, uh no, I probably sit around more like a twenty dollar line for me. But if they were like we added all this cool new stuff, we're like oh all right. Yeah. Um. This person, someone said that the uh, the OG Xboxes are heavy. Um. The OG Xboxes. Do you see that? Someone said they're heavy. I have mine around here somewhere. Um. I throw it around a lot though. We had a wall of them in the old store. Yeah, the, the original Xboxes, believe it or not, guys, has it, there's a lot of empty space in there. Ah, oh, dude, just no, stop, <laughs> stop like. I, I had my original. I had an original Xbox uh, laying around here somewhere, Xbox One. Um, but that's fine. Uh, let me see. I beat up my consoles pretty bad, Calvin. If you didn't know that, <laughs> <laughs> I throw them around. Um, Okay, so we're, we're all pretty much in agreement that uh, it's a shame Halo 6 won't be at E3. Halo 3 might be their remastered. Otherwise, maybe Halo Wars 2 DLC or a new IP. But more than likely, if they're focusing on Halo 6, they probably won't have a new IP to talk about since they'll be focused on that. But we will have to see at E3. Now, did you guys um, see the mixed reality headset that Microsoft introduced over the weekend? <clears throat> I guess it was on Friday. I guess they announced it. It was going to be uh, $399.9. It's going to have basically the headset and motion controllers that come with it. And it's going to be something called mixed reality, where it, uh, it, it uses kind of augmented reality around you, as well as VR, which is really cool. So is it's that, gonna it's gonna add it. Go is that something that like is adapted from the Hololens technology? Because I heard something about it, but I wasn't sure if it had anything to do with Hololens. It seems similar. It looks like you're going to use kind of the headset and then you can kind of, I think the idea is you can see through the headset a little bit and you can see stuff kind of around you, but still have that VR pane in front of you. It's very interesting. They, they did their best to describe it 
um, without having anyone try it, which is still very difficult with, um, obviously, with VRs to explain it to people. But, uh, you know, not have them actually try it. <laughs> 4K and VR, the two of the hardest things to sell that way. Yeah, um, you definitely have yep. to, like, experience it for yourself, especially, like, with VR, you know, being somebody who's who has an Oculus and stuff like that, it's so hard to actually like describe experiences that I've had to my friends or family. I'm like, just just put the headset on. You got to try it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but just put grandma on like the headset with like the Outlast 2 on. Just run her into a room. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a little um, I'm curious to know how, like how far they've gone with that technology, because I know that HoloLens and for those of you in the chat who don't who aren't aware of uh, what HoloLens is, it's basically just Microsoft's augmented reality headset that puts holographs into the world or into your world, essentially. And they're pretty much interactive through like motion technology. But the, the thing with HoloLens right now is it's very expensive and it's a gigantic thing that you computer essentially that you wear on your face and um one of the an other problems um which i was going to mention right now is the sort of like a peripheral view or the, the like how much view what is that called exactly i forget the technical well, term your, your field of view field of view yeah your yeah. fov exactly yeah. um so i know that the hololens had a problem with that i'm wondering if if this one is any better with that well, I will say it's priced to move, which is nice. $400, believe it or not, that's a great price for a VR headset with motion controls that does augmented reality, essentially, or they coined it as like mixed reality. That's actually a really good deal. When I saw that price, I was seriously surprised because I think the Oculus, the Oculus motion controls aren't cheap, right? They're pretty expensive too. So to see to see that price, I was I was really surprised. Did you did you get a chance to see the any of the mixed reality stuff, Calvin? No, I haven't seen it actually. I haven't. It, it's it's really it's actually it's really cool it's um it's a great idea and i honestly i think um i do think that we are going to pass by vr for mixed reality because you can see things in your room essentially while you are playing which is a big problem with me for vr because when you have your vr goggles on for example your headset on you're pretty much cut off from like the outside world, right? You you really don't know what's going on. So there's always that joke that like you're playing VR and then people break in and like rob you and you take your headset off and everything's gone <laughs> because it, it really does. It cuts everything off around you. And I think mixed reality would be cool because then it's almost like, you know, Pokemon Go came out and it was so cool for a lot of people anyway that you turn your camera on and there's a Pikachu on your desk that you try to catch. Um, it's going to be similar to that. I mean, it's going to be, and it's going to be just a little better, I think, depending on what you're looking at. If you look at HoloLens, you see a table. There is, you were talking about this, right, Philip, where they were playing Minecraft and everything was 3D on that table. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's insane. Like, I mean, in, in the E3 demo that they showed, I don't, did you guys see that? Uh, it was a few years ago, I think, yeah, right? I don't remember. Yeah. yeah, like, I mean, it's basically, hopefully going to be exactly like that, right? So that's the hope. That's the hope. They also showed us a long time ago. A lot of people forget this. There was a table, a coffee table they showed us. And I wish I could remember what it was called, but you could do things like put your camera down. For example, this one, digital cameras, obviously point and shoot cameras were like the big thing before even cell phones really big. Um, and it would pull all of the pictures out of your digital camera, or I guess even your cell phone at that point, And they would be all over the table. Do you remember seeing that? We, we watched that demo, didn't we, Evan? Do you remember that? Uh, you know what I'm talking about yeah, which one was that again? It was where they had that coffee table in front of them. This was, I think, a scrapped plan for Microsoft um, mm. at the time. And you would like put something down the table, and like pictures would come out of it. Like no, that um, that was a uh, that was either the World of Glass video that we watched, or that was that's the what it was. Video. Yeah, okay, World yep. of Glass. That yeah. was that was more an overall tech video to show you how glass can interact in smart ways and in 
uh, the flexible holographic ways, like a phone that was completely just one sheet of glass, but it would project what you needed to see onto it. It was yeah. a really cool idea. It was a great idea, but nothing really ever came of it from what I can tell. Like you never were really able to buy a table like that. And then, of course, everybody in the chat, they want to buy a table like that. <laughs> I remember uh, seeing like in that video, like restaurants or something where uh, people are sitting down and they're paying their check. And all you have to do is put your card down on the table. And then the bill shows up on the table and you can sort of divide the tally there. Like the waiter, or the waitress doesn't even have to show up. But obviously that never really took off. It would have been cool to have something like that all around the world. I think that table was really just meant for businesses or like fa like a family computer table type thing, you know? Um, but obviously that technology never really took off. Right. So, well, at least they, it didn't take off in the sense that they wanted it to, to where consumers would buy it. I'm sure there are businesses out there that like proposition them with like large checks to get it. And maybe they have them in their meeting rooms, you know, Microsoft or something. Um, but I, I don't think it was something that ever came to market for consumers to really buy. So, um, but let's, uh, now that we've talked about that, let's let's move over really quickly to, there is this interesting NES system. I sent this to you guys um, to check out. It's on Amazon. Um, I don't know if you guys had a chance to really take a look at it. I know, Evan, you asked me a few questions about it. But it's essentially going to be like how they have their, this is Hyperkin doing it, how they have their Retron that plays NES games. But it's also going to be through HDMI this time. Before it was through yellow, red, and white. If you had ever had... A, um, a Retron, for example, it only supported like yellow, red, and white, if that, and there was no upscaling chip. The Retron 5 came out, and then of course NES Mini came out, and 720p for those things are now like the standard. Well, it looks like they're releasing one for $40, and I have to say, I'm actually kind of interested in it. I think I'm going to get one and at least take it apart, but I, what was your thought on this, Evan? Do you think it's, uh, it's good to see this kind of product come out at $40 that really, I mean, pushes HDMI kind of through retro, you know, pushes retro into HDMI, which is nice. Well, I mean, maybe. I think they mostly just downscaled the Retron 5 stuff that we used to sell, and they made it as cheap as they could, which is fantastic. You're still going to have to buy the games, which is can be a little ridiculous, but I do think they're trying to, I guess, grab the piece of the market that really wanted more of those Nintendo minis to come out, but now they can't really get them unless you're willing to pay an arm and a leg to snag them from someone. So, like, it's going to be a little weird, I guess, at first, since you're going to have to buy that, then... I, it's going to have to be that moment where someone realizes, oh, I have to buy the cartridges as well. This is going to yeah. suck. Like, well, what's, what's nice is it's it's supposed to be uh, it's supposed to be hardware. It's not going to be emulation, surprisingly. So it'll probably be like a Nintendo um, Nintendo on a chip, which is like a little chip that actually emulates technically all of the Nintendo stuff. And it's going to go through HDMI. So it's nice to see that it won't be emulation. They say it will be mostly compatible. I, I still think Battletoads and Castlevania 3 will probably have issues. But I, Philip, do you do like any real retro gaming? I didn't even, I've never asked you that. Um, I dabble. I dabble in okay. the retro. I, I still have a Super Nintendo and stuff. I don't really have them hooked up, but I mean, most of the retro stuff I do is through emulators of games that I legally already own, guys. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> just like everybody online. <laughs> exactly. Just we like all, all the YouTubers. We all have a copy of, of Earthbound. So, you know. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Um, that retro system that you were talking about, is that the one that is, um, it's the NES retro entertainment system by Retrobit? It's like the black and red yeah. console, right? 
Uh, well, the Hyperkin and Retrobit are two different companies that seem to make oh. these things. Hyperkin, okay. I think, makes the better stuff at this point. Um, but Hyperkin had something called a Retron 5 that did uh, like Game Boy, Game Boy Advance stuff and everything, as well as the Nintendo Super Nintendo and Genesis. And it ran all through HDMI through at 720p, but it emulated it with like an Android operating system. Whereas this one's supposed to be as much hardware as possible without actual emulation like that. Right. I think it's I, honestly, I think it's great. I mean, you know, this is just another this is business. You know, it's it's a company picking up the demand that another company just tossed away, essentially. You know what I mean? Like Nintendo yeah. cut off the creation of that console when so many of us, including myself, never got a chance to pick one up. And I really want one. You know, if I if I can find something, you know, I'm going to get it. And so maybe they won't be able to or if I'm going to if I can find one, I'm going to get it. But maybe to people out there who don't really care about having the one that's made by Nintendo and they just want to play like retro games or they just, they'll settle for the second best thing, you know, they'll maybe be enticed to pick this thing up. So I think it's cool that we're seeing other companies sort of picking up from the scraps of mm -hmm. what Nintendo left, you know? Sure. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Calvin, do you play, do you play any of the retro stuff, man? Yeah, I, I, I kind of, you know, you know, jump to some, you know, stuff here and there. I saw my, I think it's still on my 64. Um, but um, I, a few weeks ago, actually, uh, when the NES Mini um, was gonna like you know be done with, to be done with, um, I was at Best Buy. Okay, so I was there two hours early, and you know I I, I couldn't get it. You know, so it was kind of you know. Oh, you didn't get it? Yeah. <laughs> it was, oh it was, man, it was tragic. But, Were yeah. there a lot of people there? Yeah, there was like thirty people. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you now, like. Probably 75% of them were buying it to then turn around and try to resell to you online. <laughs> uh -huh. Oh, man, that's yeah. tough. Yeah, I was fortunate to get mine um, on Craigslist a while ago when it kind of had that. So the NES Mini started out really hot, and then it started to dip down a little bit, and then they announced that it was discontinued, and then it jumped right back up. I managed to get it right in that little dip. It was about 100 bucks, so it wasn't bad. It was new. The guy never played it even. Uh, that tells you <laughs> the kind of people who are buying them right now. Um, but I managed to get mine, fortunately. I haven't got another controller for it because the controllers are like 40 or 50 bucks. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> they retail for $10. People are reselling them for 40 or 50 So, um, But here, here's the good news. Apparently, a Super Nintendo Mini is coming out, so we know now <laughs> you know to go get it so it'll be it'll be good but evan and i did see these units sell really well in fact if that unit was in our store back in the day um an nes uh system like that where you took the cartridges and ran through hdmi we probably would have sold two to three times more of those yeah considering the games we got in too they would have had easily something to pick up at the same time oh i didn't tell you evan um steve at over at experience uh got in final fight guy the other day Oh, what? An actual copy. I've never seen one in my life. Uh, 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 people from, um, uh, you know, those like, those, what are those places called? They're like, they're like, because um, they come in all the time with, I guess, uh, they're like, they're kind of like special needs homes, you know what I'm talking about? Where like the a person is assigned to them and they bring them in and they let them shop around and everything and they pick out games. Yeah. And buy them. yeah. One, of, one, of, one of the uh, residents there brought in Final Fight Guy to trade in for an N64. It's not. That's, that's all he wanted. It was an N sixty four, Pokemon Snap, and I think Pokemon Stadium. You get to play around with it at least. Oh yeah, no, I had to open it to verify it, so I popped it because he called me and was like, "Can you come by and look at this?" So <laughs> I went by and opened it because uh, Final Fight Guy is about a two hundred fifty dollar game. Um, so I went by, opened it, and it was the real thing. It was a blockbuster exclusive, and this this 
this guy somehow hasn't. So <laughs> he traded in though. So it's, it's there now, but, um, uh, that was pretty funny. You don't, you don't see those games anymore. Although we did have, uh, we did have Hagane in at one point. Oh, I will say he did get, uh, how much did Steve, Steve gave him a good deal. And I think he gave him 140 or $150 in trade in for that fun of fight guy. So he gave him like 70% of what he's selling it for because I told him it was worth it. So he didn't know how much to give him. So the guy, the one guy got, I think he got a, uh, a lime green N64, the DK one, um, Donkey Kong with it, uh, an expansion pack, Pokemon snap, Pokemon stadium, and then something else. I think perfect dark. So he got a lot of stuff for it. Um, and he was happy. Mm -hmm. He was happy. So, uh, it was, it was pretty cool. It was it was cool to see it. He was really happy because he didn't want it. He didn't even have a Super Nintendo. <laughs> he thought it was worth like twenty bucks. I had to like tell him, I'm like, this is like a hundred fifty dollar trade in value, dude. So <laughs> he was gonna take like twenty bucks for it. I was like, eh. Have um, you ever uh, seen someone just walk in trading in something that they had absolutely no idea? Like all, all the time. Evan and I had some serious moral dilemmas sometimes because. We try to we okay, so we try to be straight up with these people when they trade stuff in, but sometimes you see people come in who act a certain way towards you because I guess um you're working behind a counter of a video game store, so they think you're like a lesser than yeah. kinda. It's it's weird. Um it's it, it's kinda treated like how um like if people go to Walmart and sometimes they'll like and I guess they're business suity, you know how they treat the cashier sometimes if they're like snooty. <laughs> um it was like that with the video game store sometimes. And in that case, uh, whatever you're bringing to trade in, you're not getting the full value for. And um, it happened a lot more than you'd think. People were coming who were just not polite. So that's the way it went. <laughs> but uh, I mean, they still got all right values, but um, it's a business, you know? <laughs> so if uh, I wouldn't tell them not to do business there, but I would give them a price that was valued so low that I would, I would hope they would just leave and not come back because they were not good people sometimes. But they would still trade it in because they thought it was junk. So, like, what did we get? I mean, we got um from there was like a, a a homeless guy who we know was taking the money and buying alcohol with it and cigarettes, and what was it like a Lufia two and um King of Dragons, right? Yep. Yeah. So he he would come in reeking of alcohol constantly, and he would take like twenty bucks for these games all the time. So, wow. and those are those are expensive games. Those are not Lufia two is like what eighty bucks, I think. Yeah, and King of Dragons was up there too. Mm. But I mean, at that point, he would tell us like he would come in, throw out the bottle of alcohol, like the the fifth of whatever he had, in the trash can outside the door <laughs> as he walked in. <laughs> One time, he missed and just shattered it all over the ground. <laughs> this was nice. at like eleven thirty in the morning when I was there and open. <laughs> so yes, it was bad. <laughs> oh um, man. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah. So, uh, I I think that's everything we had to really talk about because I was gonna do more questions from you guys. Um, did you guys have any? Any uh, anything you wanted to bring up before we jumped over to some questions? Because there are a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> There's quite a bit of topics to talk about from the community here. Um, uh, I guess just to bring it up real quick. Oh, if, yeah, go for it. If at any point in time you ever thought like I want to play Alan Wake, but and I know this is an old as hell game. Apparently, they're losing their contract they're just letting it expire for the music that they used in alan wake so that game is going to no longer be on sale soon and you can actually pick it up on the humble bundle store right now for three dollars so if you've ever wanted to play it and you haven't had the time just grab it real quick before you can't anymore i will put i will put that over completely because uh alan wake's actually a really good game that a lot of people did not play and it's three dollars so 
go buy it because <laughs> it will it will not you will not be able to buy it again after that. It's coming down for licensing issues. Did you ever check out the uh, American Nightmare DLC for that game? Yes, if you want to get that DLC and the full game, it's four dollars. Oh, that's too much. I, can, yep. I can't. One three ninety nine. So worth it. If, if you have a computer that's that has a decent video card, it looks amazing on the computer. Also, it really does. They added a lot of stuff to that. It's a very spooky, crazy game. Um, so it's completely worth getting. Uh, there was um, a question. Uh, I, have, I have to find whose it was, but it was actually for you. Um, it was for you, uh, Calvin, Nintendo Ultra. Um, they were they were wondering how you came up with your uh, uh, Sony always wins um, skit. Oh, that. <laughs> so uh, if I think one, I think you you would remember right back in two thousand eight. Uh, maybe probably not. Maybe Chad Chad Warden. Do you remember who who's that? Okay, so basically, I think it was like in two thousand and eight or uh -huh. two thousand. I think it was two thousand eight. So there was someone named uh, Chad Warden. And uh, he basically put up a video. Uh, this was around like when the Wii came out, when the you know PS3 was hot and the Xbox 360 was was a thing uh, back in that generation. Uh, he made a video, okay, saying how he basically trashing the Wii and the Xbox 360. If I think so, some people might know, it's it's kind of like uh, I don't know, but um, he uh, basically said like a whole bunch of stuff. He was saying you know he was basically praising Sony basically, and you know he was like Sony always wins. You know they're the best. You know we is you know yeah you know you know he was just he, he was trolling basically and everyone took him seriously and it was kind of like a big thing on uh, on YouTube and that's where pretty much it came from. But yeah. Okay, so you're, it's it's kind of satire when you say it like that. That's, yeah. That's good. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know it was a callback to something else. Yeah. Um, that was a while. That's a, that's good. That's good. I did not know that was a callback. Yeah, because you've done you've actually done quite a few skits now, which is which is good. I think they're pretty popular um, on your channel. I know your one got a ton of views, didn't it? The what was that? The um, how uh, was it? Switch haters wake up or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one. That one was good. Yeah. Um, that one I like that one a lot. That one was really funny. Um, let's see. Now that we have another question here. This one I actually have a name for, which is good. This is from our Patreon page. I took questions from um, the Patreon page that you guys posted up, and we're going to ask here. Um, and the question is, what do you do to pass the time when you're not gaming? Do you have other hobbies? Now I'll start actually with Evan because I already know what he's going to say. Wait for which one? Oh, uh, the question: What do you do to pass the time when you're not gaming? Do you have any um, other hobbies? Yeah, artwork. <laughs> Yeah, I knew that was going to be the answer. Do you, do you do anything other than artwork? I should say that. No, I don't have time. It's either it's either the Spawn Wave channel, my artwork, or my day job, and that is it. That is all I got. Yeah, easy enough. Easy enough. Anything good for, on the on the artwork horizon? Any conventions or anything coming up? Uh, yeah, just some minor ones local. I'm not going to any big ones yet, but I I'm looking at how much I just got for my tax returns, and I kind of want to go to a big one. So we'll see what happens. Oh, there you go. Good, good. You're gonna try like uh, uh, what is it? Um. Maybe what's one that? in Philly. Maybe. What's the one? What's the one that shows up at um in Baltimore or in, I think they moved to Washington now. Oticon. No, they moved to Washington. I'd have to look that back up. Washington, probably yeah, probably not that to? one. But I'd probably do like Baltimore Comic Con, even though that's technically small. But I'd probably aim for Philly. Well, to be fair, Oticon's table is like nine hundred fifty dollars a table. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Um, but uh, Philip, what do you what do you do other than games, man? What what other hobbies do you have? Oh man, I like to knit and sew. Um, I like to go. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I um, I I like to, man. I like to play 
games a lot, but when I'm not playing games, I like to just kind of get creative with my like filmmaking and movies and stuff. So I'm always just making like weird stuff on my own. I might even one day start like a, another channel just for that stuff. If you guys are interested in that. Um, but other than that, it's all either creating videos, playing games, or like what other time I have is just spent with my family. So, and eating lots of food. Yeah. Food's good. Food's good. Yeah. <laughs> I like I like food. Now I um I mostly uh actually let me let me jump over to to Calvin over at Nintendo Ultra. What do you uh what do you do other than games, man? Uh same as Evan. I actually do artwork as well. Oh, but, okay. Um, good. Yeah. I'm doing like, you know, I doing like some uh graphic design stuff and illustrations and I do some painting. Uh it's not it's you know, it's kind of it's all right. Okay, for right now, you know, I'm still improving, but you know, that's that's what I do. Um but yeah, it's kind of just gaming and art. You know, for me. Oh, very good, very good. That's good. I wish I could do art stuff. I usually just draw like stick figures, and um, that's like a big deal for me. Um, but uh, uh, you obviously, I I mostly just play basketball. Uh, I don't do anything other than that, really. I noticed that you're really, <laughs> really good at basketball. Very good at basketball. <laughs> Did you find uh, your talent, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> What's really funny is um, you guys wouldn't be able to see it, but that park was actually busier than it looked at the time. <laughs> It looked empty. <laughs> so behind me, there was probably like, okay, so when I got there, there was like 12 people on the courts actually playing full court basketball. <laughs> and I asked them if um if I could borrow half the court to shoot a video. <laughs> and uh originally I was gonna have them um I was gonna have them kind of like pan over and look at them like like looking at me weird, like you know, like checking me out, what am I doing? But uh they none of them really wanted to be in the video, which is fine. Uh, but so they were standing over there shooting basketball and for a while they just kind of stood there and couldn't figure out what I was doing. So they're sitting there watching me like like throw the basketball and stuff and uh uh things like that. It, it was pretty funny. I had a good time shooting that though. But uh no mostly I um I guess if I don't do anything with like uh YouTube which is mostly taking over a lot of my life, I usually just uh do weightlifting and stuff. That's about it. I don't do anything fancy on that. Mostly games, YouTube, uh, gym. That's about it. Nice. Very cool. That is all. Um, so I, I actually like that question. That was good to kind of get into stuff other than games, I guess. <laughs> get to know everyone else. Um, oh, uh, you know, uh, let me take this for a second here real quick. Um, Cal Calvin, where, are you in the in the States, if you want to be vague? Are you in like the Northeast? Or are you in like the Southeast? <laughs> are you over in the West? or The South. In the south, okay, gotcha. Yeah, because yeah, uh, the too many games convention was coming up. And I don't know if you're making it out there, because I think a lot of us are actually going to end up there now. I keep talking to more and more people, and uh, a lot of people I think are showing up there. Uh, but I was just seeing if you were anywhere in the area, if you're down south, it might be harder to get there. So, because yeah. um, <laughs> it's in like uh, it's in it's near kind of near Philadelphia, sort of. Um, but that's fine. Let me uh. Let's go through some more of the, the questions here. I'm kind of going through them and see. Uh, there's a lot of stuff to go through. Yeah, um, people are making fun of my dunk. <laughs> and I knew people were going to make fun of that. <laughs> uh, I found uh, a question here. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Um, Freaky Tats, he asked, and this is from the YouTube comments from that awesome video you posted earlier today. Um, he says, uh, do you think Nintendo will go beyond the year 2017 with their game announcements on E3? Um, so that's a great question. And I think that um, Nintendo is very unique in that they don't particularly need a special time to make announcements, or at least that's what they've shown us with Nintendo Directs over the years. I mean, they can just drop a big announcement whenever they want. 
Um, and I think that that's pretty exciting for us um, as Nintendo fans or for Nintendo fans out there, because that means that if E3 comes around and we don't necessarily hear everything we want to hear, um, you know, it could come later. So <laughs> you could stay hopeful or, or whatever. And I know that's like wishful thinking. But at the same time, Nintendo does have that power to sort of individually just say, hey, we're doing a direct in a few days. We'll see you guys there. And then, you know, obviously it gets views. If you, you know, if you saw the last direct or whatever, then you'll see or you'll know that like a lot of people tune in to, to check that out. So. Sure, sure. So you're so the question is, are they, are they going to stick mostly in 2017 for for E3? Right. That's that's the question. Yeah. OK. OK. Gotcha. Um, Evan, what do you what do you think about that? Do you think they're going to stick mostly 2017? Yeah, probably. I imagine yeah. that would be better for them. Yeah, I guess I could see that. I mean, they. They, they do tend, I mean, they already have some stuff for 2018. They already said that the regular Fire Emblem game isn't going to be till 2018, for example. But um, uh, Calvin, uh, what do you what do you think about that exactly? Do you think they're going to um, stick 2017? I, I think they could possibly tee something for 2018. <laughs> possibly Fire Emblem, Metroid. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I mean, it, it would be nice if they did that. I mean, I think it would be, like, I, I see them kind of just, showing 2017 games and just like having like a tease for metroid or something you know for 2018 you know so you know yeah. nintendo's nintendo's very fortunate because they their nintendo directs draw probably as much eye as many eyes as what their e3 e3 direct will <laughs> like whenever they announce a direct you know like 30,000 40,000 people watch on youtube right like every time twitch about the same so they're going to get the same exposure no matter what so they can take this opportunity at e3 to just do nothing but show 2017 if they want and then maybe mention like fire emblem is out next year because they know that they can show up in september october even november with a direct that says this is what's coming out you know in 2018 um it might even be better for them because more of the public will watch e3 to just talk about 2017 stuff that's coming up for christmas you know that that might be better for them and then maybe at the end if metroid's not making it this year which i don't think it has to as long as we know it's coming they could tease us at the end like i've said several times where they can give us like a 30 second spot for metroid to close the show out i think yeah. that's totally fine um but if they're doing nothing but 2017 it has to be i think uh something that can at least fill the time and be interesting you know i understand they had to show things like monopoly and stuff like that and while that'll be fun for some people you need to bring like the big guns for e3 so i hope they have a nice little highlight reel of everything we, we saw uh bandai namco's fiscal year showing that stuff like xenoverse will be out before march of next year that could make it christmas time for example and I would love to play Xenoverse 2 on the Switch because I, I think it would be more I think it'd be more fun to play it portably, really, to be honest. Yeah. Um, even if it doesn't look as good, I, I don't care because it's portable. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean we're talking about handheld stuff at that point. Um so they're fortunate that they can do that with their direct, but is it worth cramming 2018 games in E3? Probably not more than maybe one or two. Stick with 2017, get this rolling towards the Christmas time because that's when the money's made. They're going to be going up against two systems that one will be established with the PS4 Pro because it'll be in its second year after November, obviously. And then the Scorpio is going to launch with a, I think, a rocky start because there's not going to be a lot to make it different from, for example, the PS4 Pro unless they surprise us at E3. I just think Nintendo's an interesting situation. They've, they've done a lot of work to build up Nintendo Directs to where they are basically little mini E3s every time they announce them. And uh, they can kind of they can kind of roll with that, you know. They, they don't need to make a big, big splash for next year at E3. Just stick 2017, schedule some directs for down the road, and you're good to go. 
Um, but that was that was a good uh, that was a good pick, um, Philip. I like that question actually. Um, Evan, are you? Do you think they need to do twenty seventeen? Uh, for just E3, just sticking yeah, to 2018? From, from like a business standpoint, do you think they have to show stuff from 2018 or can they just no, get they away? No, they don't. And yeah, because no. it, it almost forces people to have to watch the directs. I mean, that's more of their media control. They're, I mean, there's no live audience that you can hear react. Like the worst thing ever, I think, in recent, I guess not technically recent, but within the last 10 years of Sony's lifespan was when they came out with the announcement for the Vita and the connection to AT&T and you could audibly hear the whole room boo. <laughs> at the very least when you control that side of it where you can announce something and say something and kind of do your the whole like nintendo gimmicky like let me show you this funny clip of something going on with the game you're not going to hear a boatload of people who probably wanted it to be different like yell and scream at the top of their lungs instead you get to just experience it and if you like it you like it so i mean they have more control in that situation Mm -hmm. so absolutely Absolutely, absolutely. It, it, that's the whole point of them not doing it live anymore, um, because it, if they have it cut up like that, they can really get the message across fast. Like their directs can be for what you'd get out of an hour live show, they can get out of a half hour Nintendo direct. And I, I actually kind of like that. I do miss the live show, obviously, but I, I, I like that. So that's that's good too. I do see uh, Studio Q's in the um, in the chat right now with his avatar that I think. I think uh, <laughs> Nintendo Ultra made for him. <laughs> um, the the story behind that avatar is that he he doesn't really try any of the single player games, from what I remember, or like the RPGs. He's more of into like the sports and like I think action stuff, right? Am I thinking right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you made him stuff to like take a look at things like Xenoblade and things like that. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, his question, um, his question is, uh, who has the most uh, pressure to deliver E three this year? And I'll start with Philip actually. On this one. Oh man, that's a great question. Uh, it's really close, but honestly, I think most of the pressure here at E3 is from Microsoft, and okay. I I think that it's because we're all kind of waiting to see what sort of first party titles they have to offer. And right now, their lineup is really slim with the Scorpio coming out very soon, or you know, its full announcement coming out, and then you know, probably a holiday release, obviously. Um, I think that Microsoft is sort of ill-prepared, or at least they seem ill-prepared to release a brand new console. But then again, it's E3, and uh, perhaps like you know they have a bunch of cards up their sleeve that we haven't seen before. You know, like three, four, threes, whatever announcement is happening. So maybe that's going to be something big for Scorpio, and we can connect those dots later. But for now, I think Microsoft definitely has a lot to uh, kind of show us to to really make us believe in them and believe in Scorpio. Sure, sure. Let me jump over to uh, let me jump over to Evan here. Who do you think out of the big three, Evan, would have the most pressure on them? Out of the big three, I mean, to I guess it's still Microsoft because we I mean, we've been talking about this forever. How they haven't even been hinting at something incredible until this three four three thing popped up. We didn't really feel like there was something major coming up that we didn't already know about. But I do also think from our past conversations to try to maintain their speed, Nintendo's also going to be fairly pressured to at least announce something that isn't like a derailing action. Like if they announce a game that nobody wants, that they think they might want, it it would be horrible for them at that point. Although it probably wouldn't be as bad as Microsoft just being like, here's our Scorpio. That That's about it. That's <laughs> Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> um, what about uh? What do you what do you think, Nintendo Ultra? 
Um, well, it's definitely not Sony because I mean Sony is kind of they they kind of winning right now. They they pretty much are okay. They got like sixty million sold with the PS4 right now. Um, Nintendo a little bit, just a tiny bit. I mean the Switch is doing well. Um, what is that right now? Like what two point something million? Right now? I have to imagine right now at the Switch, uh, probably into the May. I have to. I have a feeling it's at least at three and a half million. At least it's probably maybe closer to like four at this point. Yeah. So I think I would have to say Microsoft as well because I mean. We kind of really haven't like you know seen the Scorpio as much you know not really sure what it really is about you know I mean no you know we know it's like gonna be like 4K and stuff but you know still you know so we kind of need to you know see that so I would say Microsoft yeah okay yes um let me see uh we went around Evan um and uh talk to Philip okay cool uh yeah so if I had to take a pick out of the three I'm going to go with Nintendo I think Nintendo does have the most pressure on them going in to E3 I'm gonna tell you why uh the big thing here is we as a as a gaming community have now built Nintendo up with rumors and expectations that I I I am concerned that they cannot meet because if Pokemon Stars does not get announced for example before or at E3 even though they have never promised it to us, people are going to be disappointed. If Metroid is not announced, people are going to be disappointed. And even if they announce great games, maybe something cool happens and they announce it, everyone's still going to say, well, where's Metroid and where's Pokemon? Now, if they are both there, that's great. But that's still a lot of pressure, I think, on Nintendo to have a massive E3 because Sony is kind of smart right now in that they're laying very low. And there are low expectations even for their E3 at this point. So that if they have a decent E3, it's considered good for them. Again, they don't have to because they have, like, like you were saying, um, Calvin, the sixty million units out there, right? They don't. Yeah. There's no pressure on them to push and buy games, but they're still doing it. Call of Duty is going to have some exclusive content, for example, for uh, for Sony. Um, I think uh, I know Yakuza is over there. They they have obviously uh, there. There's a bunch of what I know. There was one you were playing, Calvin. I'm trying to. The name escapes me right now. Um, was it uh, Near? Yeah, near. Yeah. Um, and uh, what was the other Neo? Yeah, Neo. Is that right? Yeah. So there's there's a lot of games that are showing up on Sony's platform that aren't available on Microsoft. So they don't even have to do They can sit back with their feet up and watch Microsoft and Nintendo try to win E3 on their own. And uh, I think Nintendo, though, has to come to the table with a lot of stuff that, that looks good. And Microsoft is showing up with a console. So by default, they already jump up as what a lot of people consider a good E3 because they're showing off new hardware, especially hardware that should at least push the gaming, I guess, hardware in as a whole of, of forward because it's it's 4K, native 4K and everything. But Nintendo is going to show up with what is obviously the PS4 Pro, the Scorpio, the weakest console power-wise, so they have to make up with the good games. If they don't bring the good games, people are going to look down on it as being a bad E3. So pressure's there for Nintendo by far, I think, out of all three. Um so, but I, I like that question too uh, from Studio Q. That was a good one, man. That's those are those are tough questions to answer because we have to kind of you have to guess a little bit um, because for all we know, we come out the other end with Nintendo announcing Metroid, Animal Crossing, Smash, <laughs> you know, Pokemon, <laughs> a, a new and, Castlevania, and, just throwing it all, <laughs> <laughs> just everything. Golden Sun shows up, uh, <laughs> which, by the way, there was a really bad leak. I'm going to say this now. Um, if anyone saw this on floating around Twitter, that was not a real Golden Sun game. <laughs> please don't, please don't say. It. Well, I could, I could, I was gonna make a leak of my own uh, because you can make a YouTube video, you can put it up and private it, and then you can go to it on the Switch and you can play it like a title screen. And that's what was more than likely happening there. 
Hmm. Um, so that's not, uh, this is from our resident timestamper. Uh, uh, this is from, uh, of course, R. Potter or the Viking Chef. He asked if the if Scorpio succeeds, will Microsoft move into making more iterations that are different power levels? This is from our Patreon um, page where we had these questions asked. And I think what he's asking is, will they mostly have like a couple different versions of the Xbox? Because they've said the same games will play on the Xbox One as they will on the Scorpio. Would there be like an Xbox One baseline like they have now? Maybe even they maybe they even pull the, the disk drive out and make it digital only, right? For $200 flat. And then they have their regular one that has the disk drive with the ultra high def Blu-ray player for 300. And then they have the Scorpio for like 500 or 450. Um, do you think they would try to do that? Much like how if you look at Nintendo's 3DS line, they have the 3DS, the 2DS XL, and the 3DS XL, for example, or even just the 2DS at the bottom, where they have different options. Do you think if the Scorpio succeeds at the high end, will they start uh, kind of just pushing out different iterations at different prices for people? And I'll, I guess I'll start with Evan on this one. I mean, you and I have seen them tinker with it, at least with the Xbox 360. I mean, of course, they did the Slim, the Super Slim. That was, like, standard. But they did that one where you had to sign up for Xbox Live to play it. It was, like, on contract, or else the system wouldn't play offline. You remember that? That, like, dropped. Yeah. It was, like, super cheap, but it forced you to have to pay for it. I could easily see them dropping the disk drive out of it because that was their plan initially, and it could drop the price on it, make it a lot cheaper and a lot more accessible to people. So, yeah, why not? I mean, it's something that's worth looking into for them if the Scorpio actually seems to have some driving force behind it. Sure, sure. I mean, it's possible. It's just we have to see. Uh, what do you, Philip, what do you think? What do you think on that one, man? Um, see, I don't know. Like, I know what Evan's talking about. And I saw them, you know, obviously, we've seen all those versions of the Xbox 360 come out, but they were all of the same sort of power level. So I think this would be a little different um, with, you know, Scorpio coming out in three or four different versions. I think that that would basically be suicide for them because I think it would confuse the market and it would anger a lot of people um, unless they announce like three of them at the same time. Like here's the weaker one for this price. Here's the, you know, medium one for this price. And here's the really expensive one for this price, you know, or whatever, the really nice one for this price. And that's it, you know, like we promise we're going to wait for a little while, you know what I mean? Un until we release another version. I think that's the only way it would work, but I think it would just cost them too much money to have all those, consoles on the market i think it would be way too much upkeep and right now they just really need to focus on the scorpio itself and then the next xbox because by the time they have those other versions of scorpio out sony's going to already be talking ps5 and everyone all the hotness is going to be there you know so oh, yeah yeah absolutely what do you uh calvin what do you think over there man uh i think they would do it uh, it makes sense to me but i also agree with phil because like you know it would you know use up money and they would have to like keep up with all, all um all of them so you know it, it's kind of it kind of depends but if, if it if it does succeed i i mean they might you know but then again what phil said he you know that was a good point so it just it just depends sure it costs money to upkeep all those absolutely yeah. it's not it's not something that just happens you know it's not just free to do that so that makes that makes sense to me why they would uh maybe look at that a little bit and say eh, maybe um it, it's hard to say though is it worth it it might be if, if it if it doesn't cost them an arm and a leg to produce you know millions of units that may not sell. We saw that with uh, remember the Wii that came out. I think it was like a uh, was it a Canada exclusive or did they have it here too? They had one where there was no disc drive, and uh, this was uh, towards the end of its lifespan. Man, it was like the last year of the Wii, and it came out. I remember it came with like Mario Kart. It was like red, I think, and then there was no disc drive. It was mostly for downloads and virtual console stuff. Yeah, and, that um, one was for Canada. 
I remember yeah. that one. Mm-hmm. And it was it was weird, right? But they did it anyway. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was cool. I mean, it was right at the end of the life cycle of the Wii. I think the Wii U was already out, wasn't it? When when that came out, or maybe it was announced or just about to be announced or something like that. But anyway, it was it was awesome, and I'm surprised that it only did come out in Canada because I think it did do somewhat okay over there. I think it sold decently because of its price, right? It was like under a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was it was pretty cheap. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. Uh, it wasn't expensive, which is good. Um, but st- still, I don't know. It's, it's tough. It, it's it's hard to say how much it would cost to produce a, an Xbox that has no disc drive in it. You know, I'm not really sure. That I will say though, usually that does take up a good chunk of the price because it is a full Blu-ray drive um, with some pretty serious me- like mechanics going on in there. A lot of people don't realize everything that has to move when you put that disc in for it to pull that drive in because trust me evan and i have bashed our heads against the wall sometimes fixing these things and it is not fun (laughs) um but there's a lot of levers and springs that have to move just for that disc to go into the drive um it's really crazy to see so let me um let's take a look around at a couple other questions i don't know if you guys saw i do see one here for um i think this is for uh for you um nintendo uh, Ultra. This is also on our Patreon page. This is from Sean Sweeney. He was asking, uh, after Xenoblade Chronicles 2, do you think they may create a Xenoblade Chronicles X2? That would be... Uh, he said that would be good actually to discuss with you, Ultra, because you're a big Xenoblade, a Xenoblade fan, obviously. Yeah. Talk about it a lot. Do you think they would bring, like... Because uh, I... Alright, so they were kind of weird with this naming, weren't we? I know you were probably keeping yeah. up on this really well. Um, did you want to explain kind of what was going on with that naming? Because it was like they told us it was Xenoblade 2, and then it was like Xenoblade Chronicles 2, and it was... I don't know. It seemed all over the place. Maybe you could set some people straight here. Yeah. So, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles, uh, the Xenoblade Chronicles is the, uh, the, like the original, um, the name for it. That was on the weed. The X is like basically what it was, was a pretty much a mixture of, uh, Xenosaga, Xenogears, um, Blade and, um, yeah. And that, yeah, those three. And, uh, that was pretty much what it was. It was pretty much was like a celebration of those Xeno games. And that's pretty much what Xenoblade Chronicles X was. Um, but yeah, I totally think they would make a um, a sequel to that to X2 because there was a you know, if you played play the game, uh, there was a um, a big little thing that happened, and it, it it was yeah they they definitely have to continue the story for that because there was a um it it was, it was crazy. <laughs> so yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you do think they might do like an X2? Yeah. Okay, very good, very good. I, th- I think that would be, uh, I mean, it's just one more thing. I know, I'm sure Monolith is really busy right now, so they might not have time to do like that right this second. But I do think that's something they probably will pursue down the road, mostly because we run into that territory where a lot of people didn't have a Wii U that are buying the Switch now. Like, uh, Philip is the best example for this. Because <laughs> he, you did not have a Wii U, right? Yeah, no, I totally skipped the Wii U. Flew over my head completely. Oh, right. Man. Yeah, yeah, see? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you, um, but you have a switch now and, uh, so you never played like Xenoblade at all. Have you? No, no. And unfortunately I didn't get a new Nintendo 3ds either. So I didn't play that one either. I know it hurts. I can't, that's like one of my most anticipated games to play on the switch, man. I can't wait. Yeah, Nintendo. I say Calvin's having like a, a little, uh, like a mini um, uh, freak Heart out for a second there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get it, man. It, I mean, it's a good game. It's it's a good series. It's a good game. Um, and you know what? Playing it portably will be awesome. That is something that I, I really have gotten used to with RPGs. Now is I think RPGs will always play better as like a portable system as opposed to one that is tethered to a TV. I just I always think it'll be more comfortable that way. Um, mostly because RPGs you end up grinding a lot, so you end up kind of 
sitting on the couch kind of grinding. <laughs> so it can be kind of annoying. Um, but I, I do think that'll come over. I think it'll be awesome when it finally does. Cause I, I would like to play uh, Chronicles X again, basically on my, um, on my switch. So I would like yeah. to do that because <clears throat> I liked it on the Wii U. It was fun. It was, it was uh, repetitive at times, but it was, it was fun. It was, it was a very large world. Like if you're looking at like um, Skyrim and you think that's big or even GTA five. Yeah. Xenoblade Chronicles X is massive. <laughs> so it was, it was pretty cool. Let's see. Um, I'm checking down the Patreon again to see if there's any other. Um... I have a, I have a pretty good one. Oh, that's good. Uh... Oh, go for it. Go for it, Phil. I don't think we talked about this last week. We might have because it sounds kind of familiar. Um, but it says, um, do you guys think that indie games are getting closer to major studio titles? And if so, um, and if so, not, how does that affect the industry as a whole? So are basically our indie titles or indie games getting closer to major studio titles? Um, did we talk about that last week? No, we didn't. Are you talking about like, um, like scope or like budget wise or just overall? I think he means... Um, Probably sales so, and reach to people. Yeah, and and probably reach to people. Sure, yeah. sure, okay, yeah, yeah, sure. If you wanna... Look at it both ways. Yeah, yeah. If um, you want to start with that, Phil, go for it, dude. Yeah, absolutely. I think that. I, I Actually, think... I need to grab a. I need to grab a water real quick. If you want to keep it going. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that indie uh, indie games are absolutely getting like a far better reach to the masses than they ever were before, especially since they've been um, adopted onto consoles, you know, like it started on PC with steam basically. And then um, we saw that come with Xbox live arcade and all that stuff. And um, pretty soon Sony adopted it after. And now we're seeing this like beautiful convergence of um, indie games coming to handhelds like the Vita and coming to the switch now. And the switch yeah. is sort of like, gonna hopefully i think a lot of us are hoping be the new home for a lot of these indie games or where a lot of us are planning on playing a combination of indie titles and the bigger um you know first party games and bigger third party games so i think that like right now it's really it's really nice like as far as where indie games lie with um major titles like i'd like to see obviously more indie developers developing for um, consoles like the switch and and i'd love to see even more indie games out there because it just means people are being more creative more people are you know the industry is healthy the more games we see like that um more ideas but as far as like um you know their 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 reach with sales obviously they don't make as much money i mean we've seen other games make a ton of money um but they're also working with smaller teams and stuff so what do you think evan well, definitely they're getting bigger, but I mean, if you think about it, there's probably a small bag of AAA games compared to the massive ocean of indie games out there, but the reality is only a small chunk of them truly achieve that level of close to the AAA quality, and I feel like that's kind of an issue, like the bulk of the bad ones being there as well to kind of hold them down a little bit. Um but the big issue, I guess, is advertising because most of it's word of mouth. A lot right. of it actually is word of mouth. They don't get the hundreds of millions of dollars put into an advertising company to blast out emails and send things places just to get everyone looking at it at all times. You can't get the ads going on TV about it. Like, I never saw an Undertale ad on television. I mean, I'm pretty sure you didn't either. It was a good game, but... It probably didn't reach everyone that would have wanted to play it at the time. But at the same time, indie games are interesting because a lot of those guys, what they'll do is they'll just pay homage to things they loved. And since 
we're all still gaming and we had all those old games we loved, it feels great to pick them up because then we have those moments of, oh, that feels like such and such game and I used to love that game and that's a great thing. Well, okay, so indie games going to uh, actually, you know what, Calvin, I can I can jump over to you, man. I don't want to cut you off. I heard okay, you um, a little bit. Yeah, go for it, dude. Yeah. Uh, what I was gonna say was I I, I pretty much agree because some like like some indie games like they like I kind of prefer them over like some AAA games. So they've definitely um stepped it up. Um, what? Okay, so I don't I really don't want to talk about this game, but was No Man's Sky a AAA game or was that an indie game? Uh, it started as an indie game, and then Sony came in, backed it, and then it went into it turned into a AAA game. Ooh, okay. Mm. Yeah, so that was kind of a. Uh, it started out with uh, like a team of like I think eight people, and then it slowly turned into a AAA game. So, mm. you you look kind of sad now about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm I'm looking at my. PS4 library here, and I'm, you know, No Man's Sky is just sitting here, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they they've been adding a lot of stuff though. I'll get, at least give them that. They're adding some stuff to it, so trying to make it a little better. <laughs> um, if I had to, uh, I mean, if I had to look at it this way, so any games approaching AAA game, I think that's kind of already happening to an extent. So the mainstream is where you make a lot of money, and games like Rocket League, for example, have definitely found their way into the mainstream, but. Some of in some of the indie games that you see try, I think, to be a little too creative at times to catch onto the mainstream, and that's one of the reasons I like indie games so much is because they will take risks because they don't have to live up to a let's say two hundred million dollar budget. They can live up to like a ten thousand dollar budget, um, you know, where one person is programming, designing this. I mean, if you look at Stardew Valley, one person made that game with outside help from freelancers. That was it. So he, they can take those chances. And really, if you release something on that kind of a budget, people are more forgiving anyway. But like Stardew Valley is an outstanding game. And here it is now on all the major systems. It's coming for the Switch. It's out on the Xbox One, out on the PS4. The PC got it first. And that is a game that was a, a prime example. That Rocket League of indies really finding their way into the mainstream of gamers because there's a lot of people who are now going to go into a store and look at Stardew Valley and may buy it because it's there. But that is another hurdle that indie games have to get over is as much as the world is going away from physical media, indie games want to get into physical media because if they can be on a store shelf somewhere like a Walmart or a GameStop, there are people who are going to see it that normally would not because normally they're locked to the internet. Um, so that's going to be that's going to be interesting. But of course, you have uh, a lot of added expenses that go with producing a physical copy you usually need to find a publisher to do that for you and there have been some that have really started kind of picking it up for these indie developers i think starbreeze is starting to do that with a couple different ones so it'll be interesting for indie games i do think indie games help push the entire gaming scene along because they can be more creative and i can tell you now big triple a companies look at indie games all the time and try to pull ideas that they have come up with <laughs> and put them into a game happens all the time so I do think indies are important. Will they ever be AAA games? Probably not, only because the budget will never let them get there, but that doesn't mean they can't sell as well. Like I said, Rocket League is an amazing seller. Um, so it'll happen. It's just I don't think that you'll ever see, like Evan said, commercials for an indie game, for example, um, because they just they just don't operate on those $100 million budgets. So Right. But you know what we will and what we have been seeing for indie games mm -hmm. is promotion mm -hmm. like you know uh, PewDiePie played the crap out of Undertale didn't he on mm -hmm. on his channel yeah. 
And I can't. I mean, think that's how of, Minecraft got so big. Minecraft got big because of YouTube, really. <laughs> right. Exactly. So if an indie, if an indie developer is lucky enough to get the interest of a big YouTuber, I think that's way better than nailing any sort of commercial on almost any network at pretty much any time. You know what I mean? Unless we're talking the Super Bowl here. Like I think that you know, like working with a big YouTuber is is golden, and I think YouTubers um, generally aim to or have in the past a lot aim to sort of push indie developers play those games that are more niche you know like sure they'll play the big releases like outlast and prey and all that stuff but it's also really interesting to see someone play like you know minecraft or you know something weird um that you know whatever right yeah i, th I think nintendo needs to learn that a little bit too <laughs> right <laughs> it seems to be an issue for them for some reason um there was another good question oh real quick while we're on the topic of indie games i want to at least put one over here with uh an indie game over in particular with uh dead cell if you have not checked that out it's out on Steam now, and it is an awesome Metroidvania roguelike game. It is really good. I've been playing. I'm actually probably about eight hours in, and I just got it last night. Like, it was one of those games where I just keep playing it. So that's one that's definitely worth checking out. And I sent them a message on Twitter asking them if they have any thoughts of bringing it to the Switch because it works well on the PC, obviously. You don't need – you could pretty much run it on a potato now. Um, but uh, it would be really cool to play portably. And they got me back to me on Twitter saying that uh, they are in talks with Nintendo about doing that. So that might be a game that shows up worth checking out. It's called dead cell though. It's on steam. It's like 15 bucks. That sounds um, awesome. That sounds I really, really cool. like it. Yeah. I might make a video for it at some point, but it's really fun. Um, let me go from there. There's a really good question here. This is from Ryan Morgan. Um, are there any game franchises that are popular or generally well-received, but you don't like them or they don't interest you for any reason? So is there anything out there that's really popular, but you look at it and you're just like, eh, game franchise or even a game, he's saying. This is from Ryan Morgan on our Patreon page. And uh, I'll probably, I'll start with Evan, because this should be easy for Evan. He doesn't like a lot of games. Yeah, but <laughs> I just don't like them if they're too simple. Like, I, I ended up not liking Gears of War. I mean, it was, I saw it as what it was, but like, it wasn't something I wanted to go back to. I think I played the first one, a little bit of the second one, and I just stopped. Like, it wasn't that interesting. God of War was the same way. Usually the mindless action games I tend not to enjoy, uh, unless there's a really good story or something really holding me into it. But I mean, there's tons of games that I just really can't enjoy playing that are AAA. Um, Halo only because it was stuck on the console. When my buddy came over for a LAN party and installed Halo 1 across every computer we had in this one uh, building we were in, uh, that was fun because it was us on a computer and I was defeating everyone um but past that like usually console stuck games action games or just mindless type games the firework games the firework button games we were always talking about at work where the game's really shallow but every time you do anything there's just explosions and lights and points and damage numbers i, I tend not to enjoy those as much Sure. Yeah. No. So I want to um real quick before I go to I guess Philip here. I want to say thanks everyone for joining us. We hit 500 people now in the chat watching. So thank you for joining us on a Saturday night, um, late at night. <laughs> uh, but let me go over to Philip here and uh, ask him about that. What do you think, Philip? Um, franchise that I just don't like that, that are popular, generally accepted, but you're not a big fan of them. Oh man, what was I gonna say? I was gonna I had one in my head <laughs> and I just forgot it. Um. Uh, go over. We can come back to you. Yeah, come back to me. Come back to me. Sorry. <laughs> what do you What do you, What do you think, Calvin? What's What's a game out there that everyone likes that you don't? Um, I most of the time they're I usually like them. I'm gonna be honest with you. Most of them. 
I, I, I like them. Probably like not probably not Mass Effect though. Uh, there you go. Effect. That's a good one. Yeah, it's <laughs> a really good one. How yeah, dare you? Mass Effect, man. Just yeah. <laughs> that, that's probably one. <laughs> and um, uh, okay, well, one more, one more. Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy thing was okay. You know, it wasn't that. It wasn't too too great, but it, it was okay. You know, but that's 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 pretty much it. But but pretty much most of the time, I kind of enjoy um most of the big stuff. But yeah. Are you talking all of Final Fantasy or just the last one? Just I'm just 15. talking about the last one. I'm just talking about the last one. Okay, okay. That's all right then. <laughs> well, yeah, That's with cool. classic RPGs, <laughs> there were series that died out that I did wish like kept going. Whereas like Final Fantasy is great, but like I would have liked to have seen Wild Arms do something different. I would have liked to have seen a few of those classic RPGs keep going, whereas instead they just decided to stop point blank. And then we all huddled around Final Fantasy's fire to be like, this is the game. We need to stick with it. And I don't know. I wish <laughs> I wish others were like still going to this day. It would have been great. It would have been cool. I would have loved to see like another Legend of Dragoon or something like that. Oh, that hell yeah. Been sweet. Um, for me, I, I remembered. Uh, it's not a specific game, but it's just it's an entire genre. Actually, it's just sports. Like I just I I've tried so hard to get into Madden. I've tried so hard to get into FIFA or NBA and the only sports games that I really do like are like NBA Street I really loved I loved NBA Jam and I really really love NBA Playgrounds um I genuinely like I just fin- I beat all the tournaments and I can't wait for the online stuff to hit on Switch but other than that like it's not even that I suck at sport games cuz I think I'm generally okay I just I don't know. I'd rather go out and play them if I'm going to do it. You know, if I'm going to subject myself to sports, which I'm not a sports guy, obviously, I'd rather just play them. So. Sure. Sure. So if I had to, if I had to pick, there's a couple really, uh, I don't, I don't like Minecraft. I think I've made that pretty clear now. Um, mostly cause I just don't, I just don't get it. I'm, I'm not, I don't know. I, it just doesn't appeal to me. I'm not really sure why it's just not something I, I, I get excited to play. Like I said, I tried playing it and like an hour later, I just kind of give up on it. Um, uh, the other one, I guess is street fighter five. That's just cause I don't even four. I'm not a big fighting fan. Evan, you got really into it and I would kind of just stare and be like, I guess, <laughs> um, that one. And then, uh, ah, man, the other one. Okay. So this series this is going to really probably annoy a lot of people. I'm not the biggest fan of Assassin's Creed <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, like even a little bit, I, I understand the scope of it. I understand why it's interesting to people because of history, but I, I played the first one and I thought it was very boring. The second one was okay. And then I kind of fell off from there and unity. I just didn't like it all, um, but that uh, I didn't even play. I played a little bit of the last one. Maybe if I tried it out again, maybe I'd like it, but it's just that game is kind of, it's an open world game that when you get into it and you start playing it and then you open the map and there's like 80 million things on the map to go to. It gets to me. That's that's a little not overwhelming, but a little frustrating. <laughs> um, but that was uh, that's kind of I don't know. I'm not a big Assassin's Creed fan. I was almost gonna say The Last of Us, but I actually like the story in that. I just didn't like the gameplay as much. Did you like The Witcher? I know they're like totally different, but did you like The Witcher? Uh, I did not like the the first Witcher. I didn't like the first one. What about the third um, one? I thought controls weren't very good. Third one was good. I played about. I'd say about three quarters of it, and then uh, I still have to finish it. Um, but that one's been good. I like the second one a lot, and I actually played that mostly on the 360, and then I switched over to a PC after that. Evan is the biggest Witcher fan you'll ever see, though. <laughs> oh, that's the wrong I, guy. <laughs> Evan is a massive Witcher fan, although I don't even think you liked the first one that much, did you? No, I enjoyed the first one for the lore side of it. It was fun to play. Of all of them, though, I did prefer the second specifically because 
of how they handled the second chapter being completely different depending on your choice in the first chapter. And also they had a little bit more of a control on how cinematic the game felt at times. Whereas in the third one, since it's open world and constant, even though they did as good of a job as they could, it still felt more like an RPG where you're getting shown stuff and then you got to go somewhere like, the thing that sticks with me when I think Witcher is the scene in the second one where you see Yorvith for the first time coming into the swamps and the lights shining through and he's just standing on like a log going across and then all the elves show up and they all point their bows at you. I'm like that. It just feels so much better. And you can't have that control in an open world game. You just can't. Sure. So you, because um, I know a lot of people will probably end up picking just because they know it more Skyrim over the Witcher three, but I do think Witcher three is better than Skyrim by a good bit. So <laughs> that's just me though. Um, that was, I actually like that question too. That was a good one as well. A little different, a little different. Um, let's see. That's a good one. I'm looking for some, uh, some interesting ones here. There's a lot of, there's always a lot of switch questions because the switch is like really popular right now. Yeah, obviously it's it's going to get the questions because that's like the interesting. Um, there's uh, there's one for arms. System. You want to take an arms question? Yeah, sure. That, that's the next game coming up. Yeah, let's go with arms. What do we got? For okay. Arms? Um, so what are your opinions on Nintendo's newest IP arms? And do you think that it'll go anywhere? Um, I think it's a pretty general question, but, you know, I like it. Um, I think arms is. Honestly, my personal opinion of ARMS after actually playing it myself, um, I played it, I played a couple rounds um, at the San Francisco Switch event that happened a couple months ago. And from what I played, I had a great time. I only played the motion control, so I don't know what it's like with traditional controls. I'm really excited to check that out, that part of it out, because that's how I think I'm going to play. Um, but I think it's going to be a sleeper hit. And honestly, like a lot of people were relating it to virtual on, which is like that arcade fighting game. That's like in a 3d space that you would play with two joysticks. I don't know if you guys remember that from the arcades. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, but like, I, I love that type of gameplay and to think that that's coming like to the switch, I think is going to be really, really fun. And a lot of people might be kind of off put by the whole idea of motion controls. And they might think like, Oh, well, you know, how long can you possibly play this game for? But, you're holding it in your hand or if you're playing with traditional controls or whatever i think that's how we're like the serious players are going to be so we'll see i don't know cool cool yeah evan evan what do you think about arms see this is great because you're not like uh from a pc perspective it's a little different probably in your i end. haven't even really looked into it like past what you guys been talking about it because i'm not super interested overall and it has a game so i mean maybe something will spike up or something interesting will pop up in the news for me about it but like for right now i just i don't even have the time really to look at it as Dude, it's much. the wii boxing successor man <laughs> come on that's what the problem i mean it's the wii boxing thing like <laughs> it, it it is much more complicated obviously um uh, calvin what, what were your thoughts on the on arms dude i know you're a big uh you're really into like the competitive stuff um obviously with your splatoon um, gameplay, but what do you think about arms? You think that'll that'll catch on? Uh, I think I think it'll catch on. I think it already has because I think there was a a tournament in Japan a few weeks ago actually. So I think it, it could take off. I think it'll be like probably like like when Splatoon came out on the Wii U and that was like pretty popular. I think that it'll be the same with arms. So yeah. Okay. Okay. So I was gonna do an entire video on this actually this exact same topic. <laughs> so I could probably talk for a while on this, but I'll make it shorter. Um. <laughs> Arms is interesting because it has, uh, I think, 
the opportunity to possibly bring motion controls into like a more of a competitive scene i think now i'm sure when you're watching the tournament um nintendo you were they were probably using classic controls i assume uh they were actually using joy cons actually okay okay wow yeah. so they didn't, they didn't give them like they didn't give them pro controllers huh no no interesting were they were, they weren't doing it were they doing motion controls at all yeah they were doing motion controls oh, okay so this is what i was hoping for i didn't see that tournament i'll have to check the one at e3 just to see this so i think arms has the opportunity to be the first real game to bring like full motion controls into competition now i do know splatoon 2 of course uses motion controls to an extent but yeah. certainly not to the to what arms does where you are doing things like twisting your wrist you are doing hooks and uppercuts and jabs and everything and you're also still using button presses obviously to activate your special um because philip i know you played it and i played it as well at the event um to do your special you'd actually hit the triggers on the top from what i remember the shoulder buttons i believe um and then your character would start just doing their special whether you're throwing your 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 buzzsaw blades at somebody and uh and yeah. uh, it was it was fun um unfortunately the person that was uh that was running it for me was reading off a piece of paper and he barely knew where he was so he wasn't going to give me any answers on the game unfortunately um but he did hand me the fact sheet i looked over it and it was uh it wasn't anything different um but it was uh, I, th I think arms has an interesting opportunity to bring motion controls in and this believe it or not i think would make esports at least a little more interesting i think especially if they try to dress it up a little bit to where you are watching people on a stage maybe moving and actually punching and stuff as opposed to them sitting like uh, we had this conversation with evan and shane at Rerez, where it was hard to get people into it because when you look at them from a mainstream point of view they're kind of sitting at a desk and clicking a mouse whereas something with arms may get people at least a little more intrigued because they're moving they're punching they're swinging there's at least uh, it, that added ability of skill there with uh, the motion controls, having well, to master those as well. Well, it's it's problematic. One, the only way it becomes competitive is if companies are willing to back it with prize pools. Two, the only way it remains competitive is if the people in the professional scene decide that the controls are good. Like if the controls don't feel great or they have that little fidget to them where if someone tries to do something, it does something else, it throws the other guy off his game, then the pros won't even want to play it because that's a great way to lose a ton of money if you if the game screws up for you. Uh, but on that point, I mean, for let's see, Dream League was going on. Twitch was, a, or Twitter was actually streaming it, which was kind of cool. Um, but you don't see the people at the desk for the live esports game. You're watching the game. So in that instance, the only time you're seeing the people actually use the Joy Cons for the game is when you're not watching the game. So it, I don't know if it's going to be that big uh, for that scene, and especially since it's a game I don't think companies are going to want to get behind and back for tournament prize pools. Maybe for a year it might happen, but I don't know if that'll continue. Yeah, because I th wasn't it Overwatch that's having a hard time right now? With Overwatch is, with some funding, I saw that Blizzard's uh, trying to get Overwatch backed, and they're having a hard time getting franchises in because they want to charge twenty million dollars. Yeah, because they're doing it. The, the issue is Blizzard, not necessarily the game. Because Blizzard said, if you want to join our main league with the game, you have to pay this much, and that is terrible. That is a terrible idea. Most <laughs> other esports games get their money from people either buying the stuff for the game and then taking a chunk out of that or valve makes you buy a book actually in the game like a digital type thing and a chunk of that money goes towards the prize pool in the game and that thing's been going up millions of dollars like a year whenever they do it so 
that's how you really get people wanting to play it. And then the the smaller tournaments have decent prize pools that are from other companies who want people to go there. It's all advertised, HyperX and all them. They'll just pitch in a little bit of money here and there, and you got a tournament for $200,000. It's not bad, so it's something to do. And, but the ga- the team's going there. They don't really have to pay that much, and that's what keeps people wanting to watch them. I think Blizzard only had one team now sign up for it or something, and that's one Yeah, team. but it was, it was very minimal. <laughs> Not many at all. I think there was just one. Uh, it, you're right, though. It's that price that you should be basically crowdfunding other ways, right? Advertising and things like that, not asking for that much money up front. I, do you think they'd really make that much money back if they could franchise that much? The, the, way, the, game, the way the game would have to work is if players could pay into it or if companies really thought everyone was watching it and would advertise for it. That's it. Like Other than that, the, I guess the Blizzard approach of forcing the teams to pay way too much money to be part of it, which means the victory earnings are literally, they pay all their money in and then somebody at the end of it gets all of it. Like mm-hmm. I don't know if those I, tournaments are as fun to watch. It'll, it's going to be interesting because I, I think ARMS at least presents a different type of game to the competitive scene. It's going to come down to how, I guess, tight the motion controls are. When I used it, they were pretty tight, I think, pretty good. But I'm also not a person who's counting frames in like a Street Fighter, for example, or Mortal Kombat. So I, I can't tell you how good they are for competitive scene. But from a mainstream perspective, they were way better than anything I've ever used with the Wii when it came to like Wii Boxing or uh, Wii Sports Resort. A million times better. Um, so it'll be interesting when it comes out. I at least like the uh, the creativity behind it, and I think it'll be at least interesting uh, for fun. I think it'll be a fun game. So I'm looking forward to it there. Now, there's another good question I see here. This is from uh, Matthew uh, Santa Maria on our YouTube video where he asked this question. He had kind of a two-parter here. It was, um, what was your favorite gaming memory and what was your worst gaming memory? <laughs> I actually like this question. This is a good question. Um, so what is your favorite memory from gaming and what's your, uh, uh, I guess, least favorite or worst memory from gaming? <laughs> Why don't we start with favorite and then we'll go to worst. That way everyone kind of have a chance to think about uh, their memory. Um, I could give you my, I guess my, I guess my favorite gaming one. Yeah, let's go with, let's go with, uh, no, you know, let's go with our worst one first. That's funnier. Uh, What is, I guess, what's your worst memory from gaming? I'll go first. Sure. Um, Okay. My, uh, my worst is every single time I get to the last very end of the binding of Isaac and just mess it all up because that <laughs> I've been playing a lot of that as well uh, on my switch. And if so, you like, like binding of Isaac, dude, you've got to go download dead cell. I'm just going to tell you now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't wait. I'm going to probably play that tonight. Um, but uh, yeah, like that just sucks. Like any roguelike, you know, like when you're playing it and you're far along and you just mess it up, it's just, there have been so many times that um, the switch almost flew out of my hands. I'm not gonna lie, guys. Um, but then I remember that if it breaks, I'm really screwed. So <laughs> gotta get um, to that Nerf bumper case, man. <laughs> yeah, dude, something like some putty or something like that. Um, but then my favorite gaming moment ever, which is also one of the nerdiest moments of my life, um, is the the time that I hit level 75 in Final Fantasy XI uh, with my samurai. And that was back when, before they really uh, raised the level cap. Now, that Final Fantasy XI is like the first online Final Fantasy game that they had before XIV. Um, and it was really, really hard 
to hit level 75, which is like the level cap back then. Um, and that's still, I think that MMO is still going on right now, isn't it? Even alongside Final Fantasy 14. Uh, no, they, they actually closed it. They did, did close they close it, it down? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but just yeah, that was such a huge moment for me because it literally took me like, I think three months of straight gameplay. There was, there was a person I used to work with at GameStop way back in the day. It took him, I think, one year to get his to finish his ultimate weapon. Really? One yeah. year to finish a weapon. <laughs> it was so hard. You couldn't level. You needed a party. It was very Final Fantasy. You needed a party to level in that game. And that's why I loved it. Like the communication, the camaraderie, the teamwork. Yeah. Such a badass game. Let me um let me let me jump over to Evan here. Um what was your I guess what was your worst memory in gaming it's hard to really think about them because i have so many good ones and even the times when i'm pissed off at a game Mm -hmm. i'm i don't feel bad about it because it's like the oh now i gotta pick it back up and go again i mean yeah there's there's crappy games i've played there's games that have started i games that i've purchased what's your what's your what's your favorite one (laughs) and there's tons of and there's tons of those um Probably my- I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna say the moment where we were playing Mortal Kombat that one night, and you just absolutely owned somebody with Kano by like walking around and spinning the stick. Oh, the spin stick game. No, yeah, but those those are fun little moments. No, probably my yeah. favorite was back in God middle school. Uh, my best friend, we had a he had a birthday party, and it was like three days straight. He rented an N sixty four. He had another one. We had two copies of GoldenEye, and for three days straight, zero sleep, we just played GoldenEye. And his dad was a doctor, and for some reason, he thought it would be a good idea to give us candy-coated caffeine pills. And we just <laughs> took them, and we didn't sleep for three days. Were they like <laughs> yellow yellow jackets or something like that? Something like that. I don't know. He just gave them to us. We were like, okay. We just took them, and that was it. Just three days. Third day, like went home and just done. Just crashed and was out. But it was probably the most incredible fun having that localized land party because we had more people there than the two systems could handle. So it was kind of like, you know, you die twice, drop your controller. We were trying like all these weird little things. That was just fun, localized community gaming. That was great for that. But I don't know, worst? My buddies and I played uh, Dota 1 in the Warcraft 3 mod and we actually ran into Evil Geniuses on a scrim, the major team, and they just... They just trounced us. Oh, wow. They played with us. They freaking no, not a single kill from our side, and it was horrible. But that was way back, and I mean, that was probably the worst. But that's about um, it, man. What do you, uh, what do you, what are you thinking, um, Calvin? Um, worst game in memory. Um, I would. Uh, this is a hard one. Uh, I would probably have to say the whole entire drought of the Wii U. <laughs> that was. <laughs> <laughs> that was absolutely terrible. Um, let's see. Favorite game memory. Uh, I would have to say when I went to uh, my cousin's house and we first played Smash Brothers Melee. Like, when you hear that music when you put up Melee, that was, hmm. It was great. It, it, was, was, it was some good stuff, right? Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was some good stuff. Um, this is actually easier than I thought it would be, which is probably a bad thing. <laughs> my wor- Okay, so my worst gaming memory that I can think of right now is, let me set the stage here first. So I'm a young kid, about eight, I think. I'm trying to remember what grade that would be. Is it like second or third grade or something like that? How old would I be at eight? I guess that'd be like second grade. So 
back then when I was, I was pretty young, the Super Nintendo had come out and I, I was very fortunate to get one for my cousin because he was upgrading eventually to, I think the N64 was coming up. He's trying to collect money. So he sells me that. And what I would do is I would rent games every weekend, right? So you're a young kid, got done school for the week. It's Friday. You're going to the video game store to rent a game. And of course you go in there with enough money to rent one game for the entire weekend. And that's all you had to look forward to, you I know, that whole week. <laughs> so, I was a big Mario fan because, of course, Mario World yeah. is what you get <laughs> with every Super Nintendo, right? That's what you have. So I have been playing Mario World to death. And, of course, I look on the shelf for Mario, and I find Mario is missing. <clears throat> so I rent Mario is missing, which was essentially a Carmen Sandiego clone. So I spent my entire weekend learning about ancient Greece and, <laughs> and like, never playing Mario. Just, just doing that. And that was that was my rental for the weekend. And that honestly was one of the worst weekends of my life back then because I only had that in Mario World, which I had beaten to death. So I forced myself to play Mario's Missing, <laughs> which was you not good. Through. You just stuck to it. You're like, damn it, I rented this game. I'm going to learn something. <laughs> That's what I played. So I knew an odd amount about like like I said, like Europe and, and stuff, which actually served me pretty well in sixth and seventh grade, to be honest. Um, but uh, my best gaming memory is very easy. It was, uh, it was, so when I was, I guess, when did, I guess the 64, I got that in, um, when did I get that? I guess that would have been 96 or 97. It was like two years after it came out. Cause I was always a few years behind because we didn't always buy. I'd always have to wait for Christmas to get another system. And um, in this case, I had to wait for the 64, but I was at that perfect age, you know, where we were aware enough of what was going on in the world to know about the system and read Nintendo Power for it. So all year I hyped myself up because all I'm asking for is a 64. And you're at that age where there's no bills to worry about. And all you do is you come home, you watch TV, you watch Saturday morning cartoons. So you're in that phase and that moment of opening that present and getting the N64 and then opening the present next to it and getting Ocarina of Time. And then the next present was Pokemon Snap. That was by far the best gaming memory I've ever had. Just right everything there. you wanted right oh, there. 64 Pokemon <laughs> Snap, Ocarina of Time, I'm good. Then later on that day, we went and uh, my grandparents got us uh, Lego Racers, which is actually a really good game, and uh, uh, Mario 64, because for some reason it didn't come with my Nintendo 64. I got one that didn't come with it. Um, but it was a standard black model with great controller. Wow. And uh, yeah, that was by far my favorite gaming memory ever. Your worst? Was your worst and best are like exact polar opposites of each other. It's yeah, like getting stuck with the worst game and then getting the best games. <laughs> Dude, that was it, man. And then I then I spent so much time playing the N64. It was insanity. And then uh uh it, it was just great. The build up, the the reveal, everything, man. It was so it was awesome. It was great. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that was great. If I smoked, I need a cigarette right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man let's uh let's see see i like those questions those questions are fun let's see new joy con colors hopes slash thoughts from echo cookie oh that's a good one yeah let's see what do you what do you think philip what's your what's your what's your joy what's gonna be your uh i guess your joy con color of uh my joy con color of there. choice a my, choice yeah yeah once, once everything comes out, I don't know. Um, well, hopefully they do come out with everything. Um, but I think we'll see gradual releases. But personally, I'm excited to see like some sort of green Joy-Cons. And that's probably just because I've seen like a lot of fake special edition Zelda green Joy-Cons on the internet. 
Maybe like some gold trim on that or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, no, I just think that color looks really good against black. Like honestly, um, oh, yeah. So I think that would look really cool. But other than that, I think an, like an all jet black Joy-Con would be cool. Other than just gray to, to just like black on black switch type thing would be sweet. Um, yeah, those are my two that I'd like to see coming up next. Very good. What do you uh, what do you what do you think, Calvin? Uh, it would be nice if we probably get like a glossy like finish for like some Joy Cons. That would be nice, and um, um, probably like I, I don't know. I, I think maybe gold or like a GameCube or a Super Nintendo. You know, um, uh, colors that would be cool. Yeah, there was an interesting switch that they showed that somebody actually painted to look like a Super Nintendo and it looked really nice. So, yeah, that'd be really cool if they did something like that. Or even like like you're kind of onto something there. What if they did like a uh like a like a themed NES controller one? Something like that. Yeah. Um but which which color would you would you go with just like a gold maybe? Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, yeah, probably like okay. a gold. Sure, sure. Evan, you're like the 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 big artist uh person here. What do you what do you think in color wise? Color, I mean, color wise, the standards are all like black and red, and everyone seems to enjoy that. The greens and the golds, but the best like DS, 3DS cases that I remember had like textures and like the the inlaid like uh, images and stuff. Why can't we do that with Joy Cons? I mean, there were some really cool designs and things. You could even theme them. I, when you think about like Metroid coming out, what if you had like a Metroid themed controller where it was like the Metroid armor color, but it also had like the actual texture and stuff of the armor on it. Uh, maybe even just as well textured controllers would also be a good thing. Remember the Raven controller that we got that third party controller that we opened up to see how it was. And it was actually like a weird kind of like cool rubber. So yeah. you, you wouldn't drop it and it didn't like warm up too much when you were playing games. So it was really interesting. That but is definitely right about that because the Joy-Cons are really slippery. Yeah, so why not get something a little, like possibly a little better in texture? That could be pretty cool. Oh, I wonder if cool. Nintendo um, underestimated like the popularity or the demand of the Joy-Cons, like the different colors and stuff like that. Just because, you know, we're, we are seeing like a lot of shortages. It's a, it's a lot harder to get like blue and red rather than gray. Um, and I'm personally somebody who was also like, oh, I'm going to be a gray switch guy now. Like, I'm, you know, where's the pink? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so I don't know. Like, I wonder if, um, I wonder if they just weren't ready for that and they would have been had they known, but now like they're, they're like, okay, they love it. Like, let's do it. Let's start making the Metroid ones and like, you know, the Mario ones and we're going to, you know, we're going to take this off, but you know. We'll see. I, was reading, I was reading in YouTube chat, 8-Bit Bandit brought up bringing back the N64 era colors. What if they just did that? Like if they suddenly released like a N64 virtual console and then at the same time released every single color you could have gotten, even the foreign ones, like the smoke controller and Like stuff. the transparent ones? Yeah. Yeah, that Bring all that stuff back. Yeah. I would just have to be real simple. I would just do per give me purple Joy-Cons. I'm all right then. <laughs> the, dude, the neon orange? Come on. Go let, me, let me just theme the channel out with some purple controllers here, man. <laughs> Let's theme it out. Yeah, that's yeah. a that's a good question too. Yeah, Evan. Yeah, I think that would be like the perfect time to do that too. Is like when they're announcing Virtual Console, they're like, oh, when when these N sixty four games go great with these N sixty four themed Joy Cons, you know, like those would sell so quickly. People oh, yeah. would so just buy everything. So, 
That was a good one. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we'll see a lot of colors down the road. I mean, we got what yellow's com- yellow is coming out. I guess. Yeah. Um, and that was quick, so <laughs> that didn't take them long to announce that. So why not? They can bring some more. Um, oh, this is a good. This is a good one here because I I know Evan played this game. Um, Evan, you played Eternal Darkness, didn't you? Uh, not heavily. Nah. Oh, I like, see, we, I we played it a little. Was, bit. No, you played Silent Hill, right? Yeah, I played the Silent Hill series. Okay, yeah, because people were talking about. All right, so Eternal Darkness seems to be like one of the biggest requests right now for the Switch, um, mostly because it, it was a GameCube game. We're all waiting for GameCube Virtual Console at this point. I assume it's going to happen, but there's a lot of things they have to iron out, specifically the analog. Uh, triggers which if you play a game for example an easy one mario sunshine depending on how far you pull the trigger down how much is how much water you'll shoot um so figuring that out'll be tough but everyone has a bunch of different opinions on what gamecube game they want to see um let me ask you guys what gamecube game specifically uh let me ask uh, calvin what gamecube game would you want to see come over um to the switch hmm it would probably be melee. <laughs> I was, I knew, I had a feeling you were gonna say melee. I was gonna actually say, what game do you want to see come over except for melee? Because <laughs> I knew you were gonna say melee. <laughs> do you have any other um, GameCube games that you that you like playing back in the day? Uh, Double Dash, um, Luigi's Mansion, um, Sunshine. What else? Someone said Rogue Squadron. That's a good one. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, um, let me. Uh, let's. Uh, did we already? We already talked about this in a in a podcast before, didn't we? I think, I think so. we did talk about it. Yeah, that's yeah. why I was just. That's why I just wanted to see what uh, uh, Calvin's thoughts were on it. Really. Um, Cubivores. Oh, nobody knows Cubivores. No one knows much about Cubivores. That's a good one too. Man, I don't know how they would do Donkey Konga. That'd be tough to do because they would need the bongos. Start oh smacking the touchscreen real hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the switch is defective. I don't know why. I keep beating it like it tells me to. <laughs> I wonder um, if they can do it with the motion controls though. Like just take the Joy Cons off and you know uh, wave your hands gonna, around. Yeah, they might be able to. Yeah, timing might be weird, but um, that'll be interesting. I wonder. Yeah, we still haven't seen anything about the switch's defective rate. I'm very curious about that too, because for a while there we got so many videos, and now we get like no videos on defectiveness for these things. So I'll be curious to see if they, uh, if if anything about any news comes out. I don't think Nintendo will tell us much about defective rates, but yeah, they usually it has to get it, it has to get really bad for them to tell us about. <laughs> like when Microsoft, when their 360 situation got out of control, that's when we found out about their um about how many issues it had. When they just almost lost everything. <laughs> well, they have to report it because it had a 50 percent fail rate <laughs> one yeah. out of every two was gonna there was this um oh i wish i could remember what convention it was or conference they they brought a boxed brand new 360 up on stage evan do you remember this i'm trying to remember what conference this was i thought it was e3 i thought it was the slim and they were showing it off and then when they put it into the box to turn it on and it just red ringed on yeah it just red ringed <laughs> i can't remember it, but it was one of the white 360s i feel like they were showing there might, have, there might have been a classic one too yeah oh it was great it was hilarious because they press it at red rings and then all of a sudden like the camera kind of swings away from the stage and they kind of step in front of it and start boxing it back up like a dead <laughs> body appeared it's just like no yeah oh, it was so funny I, I can't remember what conference that it must have been an e3 um but that was that was awesome <laughs> uh yeah the 360 had a lot of problems which i'll do one in tech wave just show you guys why there were so many problems at some point um 
thin board. Yeah, pretty much. I, we can bend the board with our if hands they if could, we want to. Yeah. If they could pull uh, back some of the smaller games, but I mean, these are titles that are kind of offbeat and probably, I don't know who owns the IPs, but I mean, like Custom Robo would be cool to see pop up. Oh, yeah. You know, like the classics. Billy, I want to see Billy Hatcher again, like to pull out those like weird little ones. Oh, Billy Hatcher. That's a good one. Yeah, that is a good one. Uh, there was another really cool question that somebody asked, kind of like, uh, uh, just kind of an offbeat one. They were saying, let's say um, Final Fantasy VII Remake doesn't make it to the Switch. Um, would something like a Final Fantasy VI Remake, not heavy remake, obviously, but a remake to the point where the visuals are at least a little different and it moves over, would that have possibly the same type of effect um, as a Final Fantasy VII? I don't know if any of you guys, did, you, did any of you guys really play Final Fantasy VI? No. I never or, got into it. No. Or, or Final Fantasy III, for example. No. Um, I don't think it would have the. I'll, I'll, I don't think it'll have the same effect because Seven um, goes beyond just Final Fantasy. It's kind of turned into its own thing, like its own pop culture thing. Um, and really, people who have never played Final Fantasy Seven um, will still say it's the best one, just because everybody says it's the best one. <laughs> um, yeah. Whereas if you play something like a Final Fantasy Five that uh, did a really, really good job introducing the job system, uh, you would probably like it. I really like Final Fantasy Tactics. I think Tactics is one of the best Final Fantasy games. The uh, um, PSP one. Yes. Well, it was the PS1 version. They moved it to PSP. Yeah, but yeah basically. Right, that one. I, I am a big fan of that. I think that was probably one of the best Final Fantasies. If I had to pick one on an actual console, though, it's tough. I liked 7, but I was really between 3 or or 7 or 10, one of those three. Those are my favorite ones. 5 was good, though. I, I won't say it wasn't good. Um, 5 was good, but we never got it on the Super Nintendo, which made me sad. So, <laughs> um but those are good ones. You guys can go back and play too. You can, you're allowed to play Final Fantasy three. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, they all hold up. Yeah, if they all bring it, if they bring it up on the Virtual Console, you need to go buy it because it is very good. <laughs> um, it is a good one. Let's uh, let's see what else we have here. What questions to go through? Um, I, think I have kind of an interesting one. Somebody actually asked me in the chat. Okay. Um, yeah. But I think we all kind of would probably have the same answer for it. Um says, what are your opinions on Nintendo removing consoles from their line and just making their main games like Mario, Zelda, and Pokemon to PC, Xbox, and PlayStation? So I know that um, that was definitely talked about a lot um, before we really heard what the details were about the NX and towards the height of the like awareness of the Wii U's massive failure. Everyone was just like, Nintendo should just like make games for Xbox, bro. Like, why are they even trying anymore? Like, I wanted to just want Zelda on my PlayStation. Like, that's all I want. Like, I would hear so many people saying that stuff. Um, and I think a lot of people, you know, in the industry, out of the industry, like just regular gamers or whatever, were like, well, you know, if, if the Switch or if the NX doesn't succeed, then that's probably what's going to end up happening or whatever. You know, like Nintendo is probably going to have to, they can't fail again. Like one massive failure with the Wii U lost them literally millions upon millions maybe hundreds of millions of dollars you know so um the nx or the the switch needed to succeed in order for this company to continue basically funding itself um they're sitting on a lot of like revenue you know they're, they're one of the most profitable um video game companies in the world there's companies in the world um so i definitely think that you know now that we see the success of the switch now that we see the popularity of the switch nintendo is back on the right track they are definitely not talking to Sony about selling any of their franchises to them 
And I think that a lot of us are really actually happy about that, you know, like, or at least I am personally, I can't really speak for a lot of people, you know, out there, but I know that a lot of people within my community, my channel, my fan base, you know, we all like are dedicated obviously to Nintendo or whatever. And, you know, it's, it's nice to see such a legendary company like that being able to sustain itself and not sadly sort of have to sell its assets and its resources to, you know, other companies to basically get eaten up. Sure. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let me ask, you know what, I'm going to ask uh, Calvin on this one next. What do you, what do you think, man? Do you think they, sh they, they would be better off going third party at some point, or do you think it's, it's first party all the way with their system? I, I think it should just be first party, like all the way. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you, uh, let me see. Do you think they would do better off though as third party or you think first party is where they should be? Like, do you have any uh... extended thoughts on that? I think I think they should just kind of just go with first party until like I mean if it ever you know goes you know another way then probably they should you know but I think they should just stick with first party. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um. Evan, uh, what what are your thoughts on Nintendo and their their they had this, it so if you, I remember Matt Pat and Reggie did a whole a really good video by the way where Reggie was kind of arguing why Nintendo should stay making consoles and designing games for their specific consoles. And then Matt Pat was kind of arguing that they should go third party. Um, but Evan, which, which side would you fall on with that one? Really? You can say either one. It's not like, well, you have I mean, to it, 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 has, it has to be first party just because you have full control. I mean, we, you remember when they talked about how the third party companies that signed up with Microsoft and Sony at the same time for the Xbox 360 piece, uh, PS3 whole era, that there was a clause in the Microsoft contract that stated that, the game cannot look better on another system if it's going to come out on the Xbox. I mean, that was that, the parody clause. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was it's a terrible idea to have to be like handcuffed from what you could do with other things compared to just being able to be like, this is our system. It's designed to our specs. We run by our rules. So why not just do that? I mean, they can. So why not? Okay. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Um. So I I do think that at this point it would be one of the worst decisions for the gaming world for nintendo to actually go third party not design a system for for a couple reasons one i i understand people like the ps4 and they like the xbox one and i i do like the ps4 obviously but nintendo continues to be creative with their systems whereas the other two are just building more traditional systems and that's fine uh because you need a little bit of both but if nintendo got rid of their system all we would have is basically are two companies building PCs essentially fighting against each other. And yes, the games would the games would look better. Obviously, Nintendo may even have a little more time to put into them because they're not designing a console anymore. But realistically, Nintendo designs their games to be different, and they design their systems to be different. And if there is no more creativity in games like Nintendo, then I do think the the entire gaming I want to say the gaming I guess market starts to stagnate because there's no real new ideas going forward. And I think them designing their own system, designing their games for their system specifically is better for games altogether than if they didn't, if they just made third party games, like how Sega Sega was one of the most creative companies with the dreamcast that I have ever seen. They were so ahead of their time with the dreamcast with the Sega channel so far ahead of their time and i honestly i still think to this day the gaming world suffered when sega left the console business because they were sitting there with the dreamcast with a vmu for example system where where you put the vmu in and 
it was one of the best ideas I've ever seen for NFL yeah. football 2K1, where you pick your plays on the VMU, and the person, the jerk next to you, can't look at your screen and <laughs> and look at the plays you're picking. You know, yeah, and, and technically and, that was the start of handheld and console in one. So like, yeah, it was it was it was awesome. And and then you have um. And then you have them doing things like putting a modem in, you know, to where you could dial out, you could check your email, you could surf the web, you'd be able to hook up a keyboard to your console. This was all amazing stuff at that time, by the way. And to them go so far as to drop their console together, which who knows what kind of system Sega would be developing now if they were able to keep their Dreamcast line going. I mean, who knows? I mean, they could have been doing something like what Nintendo's doing at the Switch, like last generation for all we know, just trying to figure it out. Because um, I do think Nintendo and Sega were the two... Uh, definitely the most creative minds when it came to consoles. And I still think it's a shame that Sega does not make any consoles at all. Mostly because I could see them and Nintendo coming up with just some crazy ideas while Microsoft and Sony are of course catering to the traditional market. Uh, and I think there's a place for both, but it would be a shame to not see any creativity there. So I do think Nintendo needs to continue with what they're doing, which is designing games that fit their platforms that they create. Absolutely. Good question, though. I like that. That was a good question. Um, I definitely would have liked to have argued that with Matt Pat, though. <laughs> um, let's see. Good. I like that question. That was that was good. That was interesting. Um, let's see. What uh, what else do we have for questions? Um, we still have uh, about another ten minutes or so before we wrap up. Make it a two-hour podcast tonight. <clears throat> let's see. Also, any guys in the chat, we're getting close to the end. If you want to ask any questions in there, we'll jump to the chat for that now. Evan, do you see anything on, on Twitch that looks good as well? Let me know. I'll keep an eye on that as well. Yeah, I'm trying to keep an eye on both chats. Sure, sure. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Uh, so we have uh, <clears throat> still have uh, 520 people still here. At for me, ten fifty two at night. I know it's like seven for you, almost eight o'clock for you, Philip. <laughs> yeah, uh, getting close to that dinner time. Oh but yeah, <laughs> but I'm here with you guys because there's nowhere yeah. else I'd rather be. Really. <laughs> uh, someone did ask in the um in the in the what was that the comments if I like pineapple on my pizza. Oh god. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I, I, I do. I like I like I like a lot of stuff on my pizza. Um, I'm fine with pineapple and ham, but I do like like um like like meat. You know, like actual meat on the pizza though. Pineapple's fine though. We've always had that when I was little, so it was fine. Um, yeah, as long as we're that. not talking anchovies, I think I'll I can have any kind of pizza. No anchovies though. No, thank you. Oh, also, if anybody here is watching this, because I've talked to people already about that computer I built for like three hundred dollars that games and video edits i actually ended up putting a gtx 970 in it so yeah i managed to put a gtx 970 in a 300 dollars computer um let's see let's go with oh how do we not talk about that that is amazing to me so people were asking about um rainway and uh do you all right so rainway i don't know if you guys have kept up to date on this but Rainway is an app that lets you, of course, play your PC game stream to your Switch. And they got a very interesting message, apparently, back from Nintendo to where there is apparently good news coming. Which is odd, because I did not think in a million years Nintendo would actually do this. Um, what do you guys think, though? Do you think, do you think this is actually happening, or do you think they're kind of blowing smoke right now? 
Uh, well, we haven't heard anything officially from Nintendo themselves. We've only heard like the developers of Rainway sort of communicating with us, but that's only natural towards like the state of development in which Rainway is in right now. And it sounds very beta. Um, I think they even announced a beta. There's a, there's a way to sign up. Um, so if you go to their website, I forget what it is. I think it could be like Rainway.io or .net or something like that. But if you Google it, you can find it. Sign up for the beta. Um, it's supposed to start next month. And it's supposed to be available straight from the eShop. It's totally not a uh, jailbreak or a hack. It's just a legit way to stream your PC games to your Switch. And I love that idea because I streamed or I remote played the crap out of my Vita um, with my PS4. Like that's how I played a lot of games. And so just and I have a huge library of Steam games that I I don't play anymore and that I would totally play if I could, you know, access them on my Switch. Because if I'm not going to get Rocket League on my switch i'm still gonna figure out a way to play rocket league and this is a way to play so why not you know i like the idea of it i just i'm, I'm i struggle to see how it would actually benefit nintendo as a company because let's say a third-party game comes out on the pc the the xbox one the ps4 and the switch let's say a game comes out across the board let's pretend like right now we don't know Let's pretend like Assassin's Creed is going to all of the systems, and you have you own you have a Switch and you have a PC, um, but you want the portability factor, but you don't want to suffer with maybe visuals. You want to be able to walk around the house with it. You're not going to leave the house with the Switch. I still really don't live, leave the house with my Switch, so uh, I would want the portability factor. But what would stop you from just buying it on the PC and then not giving Nintendo any money at that point? Um, that would be my only concern there is, is I don't know how much it would benefit Nintendo to let this free app exist on their marketplace. That's true. But I think at the same time, like the idea of people being able to like, they'd still have to go buy the switch. They still have to own a switch. You know what I mean? So like yeah. they're, they're making that initial purchase, but I don't see myself and I don't think I've ever heard of anyone just, um, well, actually, I was going to say, I don't think of anyone I've ever heard of anyone buying a Vita and then only using it for remote play. But I'm sure there are a lot of people out there that like maybe primarily use their Vita that way. And they don't like buy any new Vita games anymore because they're not into the whole third party or the crazy Japanese RPGs that are coming out on there. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I do think that it's possible um, that Nintendo would just be open to working with third parties even more just now. Like this is how dedicated they are to the third parties. Like they're just like, sure, you guys want to try it? We'll see how it works. You That's know? true. I, I think they need to also heavily screen that app to make sure there's no way it could be like uh, an exploit can be sent through it, for example. That's another thing too. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's what the big holdup is next to maybe them evaluating it as from a business sense. Um, what Nintendo ultra, would you, would you, use rainway a lot or would that just be something you would kind of just have just for fun i guess to try out now I and then i think that would just be there for fun because um i mean i don't i mean i don't know if it would actually like go through um because i, I think you have to like you know uh i don't know how like bad the latency would be because i mean it is like streaming right so mm -hmm. I, I i don't know so i'm still kind of like unsure about it gotta try it before you buy it huh yeah yeah what, here's the here's the um here's the here's the funny thing about the switch though the wi-fi is not good right <laughs> so like if you look at your switch it's very interesting i gotta figure out why it does this i just haven't had time the wi-fi is always like one or two bars even if you're in the same room i don't know if that happens to everyone but i've heard a lot of people talk about this and i i does i mean do you do you run wireless at all philip like that 
Yeah, on the Switch. Yeah. 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 Um, Do you notice I'm, that at all? Where it seems to drop like I'm, bars a lot for some reason. I'm rarely ever at three bars, and I'm pretty close to my uh, Wi-Fi all the time. Um, but I don't know. Like I don't know. I don't know why my I don't have really good speeds on my Switch. Whether I'm playing Wi-Fi or whether I'm playing through Ethernet, like I just don't get good download speeds at all. Even on Ethernet, I get like eight download or something like that, a megabyte download, which is terrible, <laughs> you know, because on my oh, PS4 what, wait, Ethernet. Which, uh, what, what um, USB did you get? Did you get the pluggable one? I got the one that you told me to get. The black, the pluggable, black pluggable, the USB 3? The thing you did a video on, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that one should work for. I get uh, 70 down with it, I think. You get 70? Really? Yeah. It's my internet. It's just, I'm not going to name drop internets, but definitely <laughs> you don't. You name drop any of them, man. I hate all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I only have one, so I I, I, can, I only have one here to choose from. It's um Comcast. Oh, speaking of which, while everyone's here, uh, four hundred eighty-two, five hundred people still watching. Uh, net neutrality is being voted on very soon. Make sure you go to Evan. What's the site? What F FCC <laughs> yourself or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Um, we need to drop this in the chat. Uh, I think it's like go FCC yourself or something like that. <laughs> yeah, because uh, uh, who you call it? Um, uh, John Oliver set it up. You need to go there, and you need to. I'm going to put this in everybody's chat. Everyone needs to go there and say yeah, that uh, internet, um, net neutrality needs to remain um, neutral. The, the link is in is in the chat. You need to go do this. It's a big deal. Uh, Philip, have you have you kept up to date on this, or or Calvin? Have anybody kept up to date on this at all? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Actually. I just want to make sure because this. What was that? I'm sorry. What did you say? I, I actually haven't. No. Okay, cool. Easy enough. Um, net neutrality is coming up on a vote. They are pulling away um, a what is essentially a it's it's basically regulation that is in place to keep Comcast, Verizon, everybody um, basically straight across. So, what I'm trying to say is they they can't sell faster speeds to Netflix or lower speeds to Netflix just because in your area. Like, so what's going to happen now, if this gets pulled away, you will have Microsoft, Sony, Netflix paying to be the dominant service in your area. So Amazon Prime and Netflix, one will be slower than the other, and the cable companies will just get more money from it. And they can do this with anything. It can be Google versus Yahoo. It can be whoever. Apparently that site doesn't work anymore, though. Oh, really? Yeah, I guess they closed whatever they were doing on it. Uh, you probably just have to call senators and stuff locally. Oh yeah, man, that's a shame. They oh, that's right because so much traffic hit it. I forgot about that. Um, but essentially, you just need to. Um, Did they slow them down? Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're no longer. Well, <laughs> they're no longer accepting comments. But what you can do is you can uh, call them, or you can probably email um, your senator. Anyway, the whole idea here is we're trying to keep them from passing this bill because it will badly damage the internet it will do no good for you the consumer or uh the internet itself it will just hurt it and all this is doing is helping the big companies that don't need help at all <laughs> comcast does not need extra money neither does verizon um they already passed a bill that repealed protection for privacy so right now you're watching the stream uh your anonymous data is being packaged and sold to the highest bidder right now because that passed it but did. stay and don't leave wait <laughs> yeah, it, it passed and it, it blows my mind that it passed so it, i don't know what to say there because it, it's just making the richer rich you know they're the rich richer yeah. there's there's getting more money from us it's the craziest thing and keep in mind 
it doesn't matter who passed it, um, Republican, Democrat, I don't care. It, it goes down to the set, the senators and people, they're all getting paid money from these companies because it doesn't affect them. They put out a bill that says that their information won't be tracked. Like wow. how obvious does this get? Yeah. So do everything you can to let your Senator know or your representative in general, know that you are not happy. Okay. Don't, don't, they, they cannot pass this net neutrality bill. There's a reason everybody, whether it's John Oliver or Stephen Colbert, everybody is fighting this because it's not, it's not a good thing at all. It's bad. So yeah. do not let them pass it. Um, Spawn, there's a good question here before we wrap things up. It says, um, in an earlier, it's from Geeked83, by the way. In an earlier Spawncast, you talked about possibly setting up a Patreon just for Spawncasts. Is there any more yes. info on that? Yes, I'm renaming the uh, the Spawnwave Patreon for Spawncast. That's what's happening. <laughs> Sweet. So, currently, it is sitting at, um, wait a minute, where is it? Um, I need to pull it back up. The pay okay, here's the Patreon for Spawnwave. I'm just renaming it to the Spawncast Patreon. And what that is going to do is the money is going to go towards um, equipment for anyone who needs it on the Spawncast. I saw you bought a new microphone, Philip, recently. Yes, I did. Here it is. There you go. See, um, oh, wait, do you, do you have it in front of you? There, there it is, right there. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. So, like, stuff like that is stuff I'd like to cover. Um, cameras, there is a really nice, uh, what is it called? It's it's like a you can basically be able to plug our DSLR cameras into our computers, and we'd be able to use those instead of webcams. Um, so we look, look a million times better. There's a lot of stuff I'd like to do. Um, I'd like to actually build our own host to even host this entire thing on, and of course it goes towards. Um, believe it or not, I don't understand this still. Uh, podcasting costs more money than you'd think, as in storing your podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> it's the craziest thing. I don't understand why, because YouTube stores obscene amounts of video. Um, anyway, it costs money. Like, it, I, like I, I, I have to pay monthly to store our podcasts that I upload to SoundCloud and iTunes. Um, and uh, but the the idea here is yes, that's what's going to happen. Um, I would also like to get to a point where I can uh, I can possibly. Uh, I don't want to say the only reason some people would come on here is because we have to give them money because that's not at all why. But I feel like if there was some sort of way I can compensate people for coming on here, we would get bigger names to come on the Spawncast. So <laughs> that's that's yeah. another thing to look at. But most part, I would like to do upkeep. I'd like to have, uh, honestly, I'd like to have better internet for hosting because there is a Spawncast that I would like to have soonish where I bring on a ton of people. Not like a ton, but like uh, Player Essence, Dave, Rerez, uh, Nintendo Ultra Studio Q, like seriously, like 10 people on a spawn cast the week or even the day before E3 because that Saturday night is before E3. So stuff like that. And yes, the money would go to good use, but it is right now up on um, Patreon, Spawn Wave. And what's really cool is uh, Spawncast will be posted there in its in complete raw form for any Patreon, any patron, even if you only put in a dollar. It is there. <laughs> of course, the audio versions will remain free on iTunes and SoundCloud. You can go on there and pick it right up. Um, I will drop the link in the in the um, comments. But there's a lot of stuff I would I would like to do, um, to be honest. So maybe even travel. We'll see about that. <laughs> I would love to do some. Well, no, here's the thing I haven't really talked about. I would love to do some off-site spawncast stuff live. The spawn um, tour. 
Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> now we're gonna go to um, we're gonna go to uh, what you call it? Um, actually, I think I can get Commonwealth on here. So, uh, uh, I would like to go to um, like we're gonna do too many games, right? We're gonna do yeah. a an offsite spawn cast at too many games. So that'll be fun as long as the hotel's internet holds up. <laughs> <laughs> but like stuff like that. Um, yeah. There's a lot of stuff I would like to do with the podcast, with the channel and, and kind of move on from there. So, and then I, I like having people from YouTube kind of join. Like I like having uh, like Calvin from Nintendo ultra, you know, it was really, really nice of you to join us here and spend your time. Cause I know usually you're streaming around this time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. See, you, you took time from streaming to come here and, and hang out with us. So um, stuff like that. It's all community based. Like we get Shane from Rerez who comes on here, who has a ton of subscribers, but he still spends the time and comes on here. So, um, but that is that is the plan. That's pretty much why the Patreon exists right now is to try to build up to where we can um, we can do stuff like that, like uh, or get like if if somebody's microphone messes up. Like I still run on the snowball, and you have like a road one now, don't you, man? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I passed you on the mic uh, situation. Yeah. <laughs> Although I do have multiple lapel mics now, so <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, but uh, stuff like that. So that's really what it's going towards. Um, I'm not really using the Patreon for anything personal, to be honest. It's just going to be for that. So that is the that is the goal. I have YouTube in the channel for all of those expenses, but yes, um, know that your money's going good place. Um. Anyway, uh, I think um, yeah, that's another person I'm talk I'm talk I'm working on as well. Uh, just to give some heads up, I'm trying to talk to people like Sean over at RGT85. I'll probably be sending him a message. And I'll probably send, um, if he has time, I, I know he streams a lot. I'll probably send Obi-Wan a message. Um, and then some other people. But I will definitely have uh, someone like like Studio Q I'll try to get on on our big one. Uh, Calvin, I'd like to have you back for that as well if you're available. All right, cool. Um, for the big spawn cast. That is one I'd like to try to get, believe it or not, to like almost 1,000 viewers. So I think it'll be fun. I think we can do it. I think if we can get like 500, what do we have last week? 600? 630, so. I think, last week with, with Dave. And then, of course, we'll have Shane and OJ and everybody on. So that is the plan. It'll be a lot of fun, I think. Yeah. Uh, so And what great. I really want to do, again, with Spawncast, is do some stuff where, uh, uh, where like, Philip and I do some um, gameplay stuff over Twitch because I want to get the Twitch going as well. So Yeah. Some Mario Kart, maybe. Some Puyo Puyo, Tetris. Whatever multiplayer competitive stuff that Spawn Wave can kick my butt in, you guys want to see him <laughs> kick my butt in. I will say, uh, if there is anybody you guys want to see um, on the Spawncast, bug them on Twitter. Send them Twitter messages. And ask when they'll be on Spawncast. <laughs> I see a lot of you guys throwing a lot of names out in the chat. Just start bugging them on Twitter. <laughs> Just spam. Just don't stop. Yeah. As relentless as possible. <laughs> Just bug them. Be like, hey, when are you going on the Spawncast, man? <laughs> Thank you so much, guys, for watching Spawncast Episode 7 with Calvin from Nintendo Ultra, Philip, and then, of course, Evan. Uh, make sure you uh, subscribe to Spawn Wave Media. Also, subscribe to Philip. And I guess, what's that, Kimmerick's Games, Evan, or Kimmerick's Project for Art? Kimmerick's Games for Games, Kimmerick's Project, which oh, I'll put my name in the chats. Okay. And then, of course, uh, Nintendo Ultra. Make sure you check out his channel as well. I think if you just type Nintendo Ultra in, it'll kind of fill in the blanks where like the numbers are because yeah. I did that and it showed up. So you're good on that. Make sure you check him out as well. And um, that'll do it for us here, guys. Check us out next Saturday night. We'll have another guest on 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific if you're on the West Coast. And we'll see you guys then.